The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by SGPN Fantasy. Dominate your draft with the free SGPN Draft Kit. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft kit. And the free roll football contest is back and better than ever. $5,000 is up for grabs and in our NFL contest and up to $1,500 in brand new college football uh, contests. Sign up exclusively in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. And welcome into the Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host for the evening, Justin Bruni. I'm joined by Andrew Robb and Cody Zeeb. How are we doing, gentlemen? Good, good. Happy to be here. And uh, it's the most exciting week for fantasy coming up here. So I am uh, licking my chops, getting ready to do some drafts. Same Absolutely. here, man. It's time, time to come in clutch right now. And uh, yeah, you can you can... Not necessarily win your season this week uh, drafting, but you can definitely lose it that way. So uh, important stuff. That was going to be my counter to that. Is like, yeah, where, where you can win, you can also lose, right? So we got to get uh, our, uh, our our edges finely tuned here and dive uh, right into the content. Tonight we're going to be going over uh, AFC narratives. So questions from every team in the AFC that we feel that we need to answer or at least review while we head into the busiest week of draft season. Uh, Andrew was telling me he's got like four or five drafts coming up this week. I know I've got a couple left. You got a, a good amount here left, Cody? Yeah, I got, I've knocked quite a few out, but I think I got three or four left. So, Well, absolutely. So we got to get to it here. We got to dive in. I know that there are some recent updates. We might get to some of those tonight, but we're keeping it pretty uh, tight-knit to the AFC. Right now, we're going to jump right in. AFC West, uh, we're looking at the Chargers. Uh, just going right down the roster here, we're starting with the quarterback position. Guys, do you feel that Justin Herbert can finish as the quarterback one this season? I've seen some arguments for Herbert over Josh Allen as the first quarterback off the board, uh, but realistically, in the, most of my drafts, whether it be best ball, dynasty, or uh, redraft, Allen is still that guy first off the board. Uh, we'll start with Andrew. What do we think the likelihood is that Herbert could finish the year as the number one quarterback in fantasy? Uh, I, I think it's definitely likely. You know, with the way that he dominated last year passing the ball downfield, I mean, they have, you know, Josh Palmer came on uh, late for them at the end of the year, uh, you know, catching a bunch of deep balls. They have Jalen Guyton still there. Uh, I think they upgraded at tight end as well with Everett. Obviously, Mike Williams played a big role last year, and if he can stay healthy, you know that's really going to help Justin Herbert. So I definitely think he can finish as the as a quarterback one. Um, you know, I do think everything's going to fall into need to fall into place here. And I, I do wonder though, with Austin Eckler, you know, how much work is he going to take away? That you know, if he stays healthy, he's going to get a lot of goal line work probably. So I do worry a little bit about if they go run centric around the goal line if that hurts Herbert um you know a little bit as far as touchdowns are concerned but I do think again he can finish as the QB1 uh I think the stars just need to align a little bit for him um and you know a, a little thing that people don't think about with Herbert is that he does uh run the ball a decent amount actually um you know he he was about middle of the pack last year running the ball and he actually ran it pretty well uh, he's one of those guys that also will not take a big shot to to, to get hurt, you know, unless it's necessary to win a game. So, I again, I, I do think he can finish as a QB1, but it's going to take a little bit of luck to to get there. I mean, the, the big dogs are going to be at the top, you know, Mahomes, Jackson, um, you know, and, and in my eyes, Jalen Hurts as well. So is it possible? Yes. Do I think it's actually going to happen? 
Probably not. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page as you, Andrew. I think it's possible. There's definitely a case can be made for it, but he was the number two quarterback overall last year. So obviously he, he was very close. But Lamar Jackson missed games. Kyler Murray missed games. Those mm-hmm. guys are going to have themselves in the question. Like you said, he can rush, but he can't rush quite like a guy like Lamar or Kyler can. Um, I mean, you put him head to head against Josh Allen. You know, Allen loses his offensive coordinator. How much does Dable have to do with all that? Um, his weapons aren't the same. You look at, at the weapons that that Herbert has, and he's got Keenan Allen. He's got Mike Williams. You know, he's got Josh Palmer coming on. They got Gerald Everett coming over. Donald Parham, maybe he can do something. Allen's got weapons, but they're not quite the same weapons. So I think you can definitely make a case. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would take him number one overall. I'm not a big go-early-on-quarterback guy unless it's a super flex league. So right. I'm going to probably let these top couple guys go off the board before I, I get my Jalen Hurts, like Andrew said. that's uh, he's, he's my big number one target, especially where you can get him because I think that this is going to be his breakout year. Yeah, I mean, between Allen and and Herbert, I mean, it's really hard not to take Allen because he has definitely a safer rushing floor, I think we can agree on. You know, he's going to have to run a little bit more, and I think him running is just kind of built into the the playbook. It's just built into the offense. And then you look at the running back position, like Andrew mentioned, you just don't have a player like Eckler rostered uh, in Buffalo or in Kansas City, right? And those are the top three guys going off the board, you know, Allen, Herbert, and Mahomes. And we've seen pretty much Herbert stapled as the number two I've seen in like in a few best ball formats, and I think people are just trying to be obviously different. Like that's the whole point. I've seen Herbert go over Allen, but not in dynasty or in, in like redraft leagues. I haven't really seen that. Um, I think there is a path for him to be the quarterback one this this season, but you may need an injury from Eckler who could be prioritized more in the red zone, and it could be you know someone like Lamar who could just have like a booming season with their kind of lack of targets, maybe more need to put the ball on the ground and run more. So there's definitely some extra upside from him there. Uh, I wouldn't be putting money on it for Herbert to finish number one, but I, like you guys, would not be surprised if that was the case. Uh, There's definitely a path, but you know, you need some dominoes to fall, whether it be an injury. And I also just think that the team in better is going to be just better on defense. I think there might be even a little bit of slower pace to them. I know that they are going to get in some higher scoring games, but in those weeks where you think they're going to blow somebody out, they may only wind up winning by like 17 because I feel like they may get into some game script where they don't need to be overly aggressive with play calling, don't need to push the ball down the field, and they might be able to get some um, some better support off the back end this year. All right, moving along here. Austin Eckler, are you concerned about his regression potential? Everyone's been talking this offseason. Oh, Austin Eckler, so many touchdowns, so many touchdowns. He can't imaginably have a similar season this year. Andrew, we'll start with you first. Are you concerned with Eckler's potential regression? Are you like moving him out of the first round, or is he kind of like still a locked in staple for you uh, through the first, you know, 12 or 14 picks? Oh, he's locked in. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not drafting him any later than six in PPR. I always go back and forth between him okay. and Chase, uh, you know, at that six spot there. But for me, really, it's there's nobody behind him. He's going to get all the work. I mean, Isaiah Spiller is supposed to be the guy. He's, gotten hurt now so now it's josh Mm -hmm. kelly ogletree you know they're kind of battling to be the two guys you know uh the guy behind him but neither one of them have impressed so i assume later on the year uh, barring any other further injuries isaiah spiller will be the two there so i i don't worry at all about his workload um outside of getting hurt he's locked in for me i honestly Mm -hmm. i've tossed around going in front of uh, Cooper Cup as well in, in some drafts taking Eckler, especially in PPR. So, uh, you know, for me, I'm I, there's no way I'm moving uh, him out of the round 
uh, round one. He's he's locked in, and I mean he's he's just as good as any of those other guys up there. You know, maybe not McCaffrey so much, but outside of that, I think uh, he will finish very similar to to Taylor and PPR. Okay, what do you think, Cody? Yeah, I love him again this year. I mean, yeah, he's the fourth fourth running back going off the board. I'll take him there every time. I'm going to take him even over a guy like Cooper Cup. I just don't think that that Cup's going to be able to to re redo what he did last season. I could be mm-hmm. wrong there, but uh, but I love Eckler. I mean, once you get past obviously Taylor McCaffrey, well, I, I go McCaffrey first most of the time, but McCaffrey Taylor and, and uh, Henry, then Eckler's the next guy up, and I love him. And Spiller was a concern for me because uh, you know where they drafted him, and it's he had a lot of hype coming in and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't even look like he'll be the number two. He might not be healthy. Josh Kelly's going to kind of be in there. Kelly's been around. We haven't seen a ton from him. So I think they're going to rely heavily on Eckler. So I, I think he's going to be the workhorse. I think he's going to get plenty of work. We just talked about it with him maybe taking some of the work away from Herbert. And like you mm-hmm. said, if it gets into a defensive battle, if they're kind of blowing teams out, going to lean on the run more, get down to the goal line, just pound it in with a guy like Eckler. So I, I'm I'm big on Eckler this year. I'm not worried about regression with him at all, and uh, I'll take him in that number four slot. All right, great. Clean sweep. Uh, I actually have him at running back three behind uh, McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor, so I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Someone that I'm not really concerned about whatsoever, where you may see regression in touchdowns, he can certainly make up for that in just total yardage. Um, I'm not saying he's someone that has like 2,000-yard potential, uh, but as, as a receiver with like a floor of you know anywhere from – 700 to 850 receiving yards that's a pretty good start for a running back right so he's going to get that ppr value out of the backfield obviously in standard non-ppr formats the conversation is a little bit different uh but yeah he's locked stock at number three for me so clean sweep there doesn't seem like we're really worried about austin eckler regressing listeners fans take note don't need to worry about it don't hesitate in the first round next up we're looking at keenan allen versus mike williams in an adp battle Again, for some reason, recently, I have started to see Mike Williams be drafted over Keenan Allen. And I'm just going to say right now, I think that's highway robbery, getting Keenan Allen after Mike Williams. I'll, I'll, I'll preface this, this conversa- conversation with that. Like To me, they're not really in the same realm. Mike Williams is younger, for sure. There's definitely some athleticism there. But like tangible wide receiver skills, like Keenan Allen checks every single box, hands, footwork, uh, balance body positioning just you know coming off the line I, I i don't understand this are you guys taking mike williams over keenan allen in any format uh i i am not personally I, I did see a stat the other day though that the biggest leap and the most production towards a wide receiver one finish does come at age 27 which is what mike williams is at so that is interesting i do feel the role he plays for that offense is probably a little bit more friendly, fantasy friendly, um, you know, as far as uh, upside and touchdown potential, uh, as opposed to Keenan Allen. So I do like that for Mike Williams. But I mean, Keenan Allen is tried and true. I mean, he has the trust of of Herbert for sure. I don't see Mike Williams coming in and just taking that number one role over outside of injury. So I'm not taking Mike Williams ahead of Keenan Allen in any format, including best ball. Yeah, I wouldn't take him over him, but I do think so on sleeper, the ADPs, uh, Allen's at 28 and Williams is all the way down at 51 on uh, sleeper for PPR leagues. So there's a huge difference there. And if you look, Williams actually finished at a higher rank than Allen did last year. Now he had more boom games than Allen did. So you're going to have more boom weeks and bus weeks. So looking at best ball, I know Andrew does a lot of that. I do a lot of that as well. 
I would definitely consider Williams over, and I have taken Williams over Allen in that because you're going to get some massive boom weeks from him. Yeah. But if you're looking at the ADP and where you can get him, I'm going to lean mm-hmm. a little more towards Williams because you're getting him a little later and you're still getting possibly the same amount of work or similar. Allen is 30, I believe, this year. So that's kind of where we start to see wide receivers head downhill. I don't think we're going to, I don't think he's quite there yet. I think we're going to see another good season at least from him. But I think Williams is pushing him. And if that ADP holds true and you're getting him, thir- you know, 20 spots later, basically, I'm going to mm-hmm. go lean towards the Williams side value wise there. I, I agree with you in the sense that if Williams is being drafted onto my team at that ADP, I'm good with it if he's like my third or fourth wide receiver. And at that ADP, that's probably likely, but I value more so being able to take my first wide receiver, like my first wide receiver on my team at Keenan Allen's ADP. Does that make sense? Yep. I, yeah, that, like, that, I, that makes total sense. Like, I agree with you there. Yeah, and like, like, I, I would trust Allen to be my number one more than I would trust Williams. I don't mind having some Williams mm-hmm. um, because you're going to get some some good weeks and stuff, but I don't think you can rely on him as much as Allen to be there each right. and every week and give you that production you're going to need to just constantly win. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't honestly feel comfortable if Williams was just my second guy because, like we said, there are going to be some of those bust weeks, right? Like you don't want your number two receiver to have, you know, a less than like safe floor week in and week out. You don't want that variance. You want that stability. So if he was like my third or fourth guy at that ADP, I'm right there with you. Like that's that's a good argument. Oh, you know, I can take a a running back, you know, at Keenan Allen's ADP or maybe it's super flex and it's a quarterback, whatever. You know, I can divert from the position because I can make it up. I'm already good at wide receiver. But if I'm, you know, more desperate for receiver, I would definitely want Allen's ADP for sure. You know, kind of smooth things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. All, right. All right. Next up uh, or last up for the Chargers here, Gerald Everett. Will he be fantasy viable this year? And I'm going to be asking this question like very similar to like this to other tight ends. Will they be fantasy viable this year? And what I mean by this, will they have a safe enough floor where when we're giving out our advice every week, we don't just say, oh, that guy's touchdown dependent. Oh, that guy's touchdown dependent. When I say fantasy viable, I mean they have a safe floor for targets, catches, yards, mixed in with some touchdowns as well. So is Gerald Everett that guy? Like, Is he a deep ADP star potentially? What do you think, Andrew? I don't believe so. There's other tight ends that I like more going around him that I think are going to have more of a target share in the offense. Again, Mm -hmm. I mean, we just talked about Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I mean, at best, he's fourth. I think he's going to be fifth on the pecking order (laughs) behind Josh Palmer as well. So for me, he's not. Do I think for best ball purposes, stacking him with Herbert is is good. You know, I I do Mm -hmm. think that he can have some weeks where he maybe scores two touchdowns. But as far as redraft, I'm going to stay away. I mean, there's just other guys around him that I'd prefer to, to take the shot on. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, I kind of lean the same way. Definitely best ball, definitely get some because that's going to be a potent offense. Herbert could be the number one quarterback. We just talked about it. He's going to have games. You could have a game where he goes off two, three touchdowns or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. my, my tight end strategy and redraft, if I don't get one of the top couple of guys, I'm just totally punting and, and having somebody late. His ADP is uh, 193rd right now, so you're kind of looking about 16th round. So I mean, mm. if you want to take him as a flyer on just one of those later guys, uh, right. there's a potential, you know, you draft him, and then maybe all of a sudden he, he is a focal point in the offense, and he's do, doing great for him. You know, unfortunately, Williams or or, or uh, Allen goes down or something. He could be mm. valuable. So if you're kind of punting on tight end, as a dart throw, I don't mind him where he's at, but I'm not 
making sure I get him on my roster or anything like that. If he's sitting there, he's not been drafted. Throw as, as a dart throw, he's all right. Yeah, I, I agree. A pretty solid dart throw because you're just playing in a really good offense, right? I know Donald Parham's gotten some nice uh, camp talk. You know, some people are getting a little bit more in on him. But yeah, I, I like him as a late round flyer. When you're looking at like an 18 round super flex league, he's probably getting drafted in rounds 15 to 18. You know, like it's pretty much free. It's about as free as free gets. I've seen in some mock drafts of him not even be drafted in those formats. So if he's someone that you're getting off of waivers, I don't mind it. I think he's a good bench tight end. I mean, you're not drafting him to be your starter. I mean, you you could do that. You could completely fade the tight end position in some of these formats, and then you could clean up, you know, uh, Okubanam, you could clean up Everett and then like, you know, a Higby or Logan Thomas or Tunyon at the end, end of your draft. But that, does that sound very sexy? Do you, does that make you feel good going into week one? Not really. No, <laughs> you know, I'm sure all three of us would agree. Like, you know, Dallas Goddard, you guys mentioned uh, Jalen Hurts earlier, Zach Ertz, um, maybe even Pat Fryermuth, who we'll talk a little bit about later, but you know, kind of some expect him to regress a little bit. I would still feel like some of those names are a little bit higher on the pecking order than say Gerald Everett. All right, so we're, we're moving on. We're going to our, our next team here. I, I think it's the Buffalo Bills. I have to pause. No, right I think through. it's the Broncos, Bron right? Broncos, yep, AFC West. The Broncos. But before we get to the Broncos, we're going to hit a quick word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with Denver after this. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time for new customers who bet $100 to get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, all you have to do is check WinBet for their reduced juice in baseball games. That makes them the best place to bet the MLB. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a $100 or excuse me, 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Win also just released their first QB with five TD props. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, we're also brought to you by Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare all your odds from major sports books. You can also compare different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets if possible. It also has a bet tracker, so bettors can keep better records of all your games and betting activities. Go to OddsTrader slash BlueWire. OddsTrader, the number one site for all your gambling bets. And the free roll football contests are here. College football contest, $1,500 up for grabs. NFL contest, $5,000 and two-night stay at the Win Las Vegas up for grabs. Sign up exclusively in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. All right, and we're back. We're talking the AFC right now. We are in the AFC West. We're moving on to the Broncos, Denver Broncos. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> Russ Wilson, will he finish as a top 10 quarterback this year. I'll preface it, I'll preface this. I have him outside of my top 10. I know a lot of people have him inside their top five. He kind of feels like he's becoming a more polarizing player for this upcoming season. Andrew, what do you think? Uh, absolutely. I think he is going to, uh, you know, Cook in Denver as uh, Seattle, you know, held him back. I think that that's what he really wants to do. You know, look at Tom Brady, right? When he was in New England, he was 
winning games, you know, it was all Bill Belichick. And then he goes to Tampa and what do you want to do? He wanted to throw the ball. He wanted to throw the shit out of it. That's exactly what Russell Wilson wants to do, right? He wants to come here. He wants to show people that he's not just one of those quarterbacks that can manage the game, win the games. Like he wants to show them that he's actually good and can air down the field and, and be who he, who he, you know, naturally is. So I do think he's going to finish as a top 10. I actually think, you know, prediction wise, he's going to finish about six you know, right behind the top guys. Um, I, I have a lot of faith in, in that offense. And again, I mean, the, the run game's good. That's going to open up the field, uh, downfield for Cortland Sutton. Um, I think KJ Hamler, shout out Penn State's going to have, you know, a really good year as well, you know, barring any injury. I know that's been an issue for him. But uh, yeah, I, I love Russ. I mean, what, he has all the confidence in the world going in. And as a quarterback, you, you need that to, uh, you know, to survive in a new city and, and on a new team. So I, I definitely think he finishes as, as a top 10 uh, QB. Yeah, Andrew nailed it. I mean, you look at a guy that was stuck in Seattle with Pete Carroll. All he wants to do is run the ball. Now you're going to turn him loose in Denver. He's got great weapons there. Uh, From 2013 to 2020, eight years in a row, he was a top 10 quarterback. He didn't play all the games last year. um, And he was still 16th, even missing uh, three games, three weeks in the season. So I I think that it's almost a no-brainer. He's going to be a top 10. Top five, maybe pushing it a little bit. I don't know if we're going to see quite that production from him, but just talked about the Chargers, high-flying offense. They're in the same division as the Chiefs, the Raiders. There's Mm. going to be some high-scoring shootout games in in that division while they're playing each other, I think. And uh, so so that's going to offer even more of an opportunity. But he's been a guy that can get it done. You can always rely on him. And I think he's going off the board as like the eighth quarterback right now. So I, I like him there. Yeah, for me, I feel like the getting acclimated with the new offense still may be a little bit of uh, time to take you know, early on. I think he's probably got good odds for that the first of five touchdowns. I know that he's high in that prop at win bet. I think he's like plus 400 or plus 500. He's like tied for second, I believe. I just, I guess I just don't trust Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy as much as I, you know, would have trusted DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett in years past. And maybe that's just because of bad quarterback play. Maybe I just got some, you know, bad Denver Broncos taste in my mouth from years past. And I just don't have the ability to trust them as well. Uh, I'm also just really high on Javante Williams. And again, that could just be from past, you know, Denver Broncos seasons, right? Like, oh, you see Javante Williams. He was good when there was a bad quarterback. These other receivers, they weren't so great, even with bad quarterback play. And we've seen other receivers around the league that I feel like people are holding uh, Sutton and Judy in the same echelon that are quarterback proof, like that that play really well with bad quarterbacks. Uh, Allen Robinson is somebody that's had really good seasons in Chicago with bad quarterback play, right? Definitely someone I would consider quarterback proof. Um, so maybe I'm just a little bit lower on him. I'm at, I have him at quarterback 14, and I feel like drafting him inside the top 10 is is maybe a little bit more rich, but that could also be from my experience. I've seen him drafted most consistently outside of the top 10. So I've actually, I've drafted him there, like in like some best ball stuff like that, but I've never had to actually go that far as to draft him inside the top 10. So it could be from that experience as well. Uh, But yeah, someone that I'm just not as high on, I think that he could finish top 10 uh, given, you know, an injury, you know, a couple of dominoes fall and he could be right there. I don't have him very far off at number 14. Their, uh, their new head coach was the Packers off coordinator too, right? I believe so. You know, he's a guy that that's yes, coming he, over from. What's that, Luke? Uh, I can't remember what's his. I can't remember his name. It's, it's blanking. Well, I'm blanking on it. But uh, I, I I feel like it was the because I I remember it almost seemed like that was going to be Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos after they hired him. But if it is Nathaniel uh, Hackett, Nathaniel yeah, Hackett. Hackett, yeah, that's who it was. That's what yeah. It was. 
Um, but he's coming from an Aaron Rodgers offense. Obviously, we've seen Rodgers sling it all over the place. So mm-hmm. I would say that offensive style, again, in contrast to Pete Carroll's run the ball old school style, is going to fit right. Russ even better. And, and, you know, they talked about letting Russ cook, but I, I think as long as he can figure out the altitude, he, he's going to be cooking pretty good. Yeah, right. plus I that, mean, that, that uh, division, too. I mean, there's going to be so many high-scoring games. Yeah. So I think that that right. just really gets baked into into the ability to to have, you know, huge games. So I, well, I also think the Broncos may have the best defense in the division, though. So where we do like the division game potential, like we, we, we want that narrative. It's like, all right, this is great for fantasy, right? Like that's why you're getting Raiders, why a lot of people are high on Sutton, Judy, et cetera, for the division. But at the same time, when they're not playing, you know, really potent teams in the division, they're going to they could be beating up on some teams similar to the Chargers. Their defense isn't as good, I would say, as the Broncos, but it's, you know, getting better. Broncos defense is pretty legit. I would say championship level. I mean, when people say like the team has all the pieces minus the quarterback, they, it, it doesn't just go on offense. It's on defense as well. So uh, you could see some of those situations, but uh, splitting it, splitting hairs. I don't think we're like we're too far off on them. Um, how do you guys uh, value now Javante Williams with Melvin Gordon back into the fold? Do you guys feel like it will be, you know, like that 60-40 type of split that we saw last year? Do you think it will go more in favor of Williams? Or, are, you know, do we really need to be concerned about Melvin Gordon this year? I'm going to say that uh, I was sort of concerned when they re-signed Gordon because of mm-hmm. what we saw last year with the 60-40 split. But as things have kind of go on and the more you kind of hear out of camp and stuff, you never know how much of that to believe, but it seems like it's Javante's show. I mean, new coaching mm-hmm. staff, so you can't necessarily go off of what happened last year. Gordon's getting a little bit older. He's still going to be a nice back to play there, but I think they know Javante's the guy. We've seen the flashes from him. We've seen that he can perform really well, so I think they're going to run with him. Uh, I don't remember what his ADP is, but you're, you're getting him later. You know, It's kind of in the second round area, so I feel like mm-hmm. you're getting pretty good value for a guy who really – could go off and do great things. We just talked about Russ opening it up. I mean, look what he did last year with Drew Locke at quarterback, you know, where they're going to they're gonna creep up and play the run. You got Russ mm-hmm. being able to open things up, dump it. He doesn't dump as much to the running backs, but opens up the running game. I think we're going to see more Williams. I think we'll still see some Gordon, but the further on we go through the process, the more and more I've, I've really warmed up to liking Williams this year. Agreed. I mean – uh, you know, we saw what the the split looked like last year with a worse quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if it stays the same, Javante still finished, uh, you know, pretty well. Um, I, I have him as a round two RB. I will take him gladly anywhere from about 15 on. Uh, you know, I do think that the split is probably going to be 60 40 uh, throughout maybe six, seven, eight weeks, but they're, they're really going to see that Javante Williams is the better running back. I mean, like who truly believes that Melvin Gordon is better than Javante Williams. So I do think I like Javante as a running back that is going to get stronger and have more work as the year goes on. So for Mm -hmm. fantasy playoff purposes, Javante is a a huge winner in my eyes, because I think by that time it's probably going to be closer to 75, 25 split. And I'll take 75% of Javante Williams. I mean, his ability is great. The offensive line's pretty good. And again, you know, they upgraded massively at quarterback. So there's not going to be many times that there's going to face a, you know, a stacked box by any means. So Javante is, I think I have him ranked as my, I think he's 16 for me. So again, I'll take him anywhere after that. I I agree with both of you. I think he's a, he's a home run. Nothing that really that I was concerned about because there was that really like kind of delay in bringing back Melvin Gordon. I felt like when they did, it was just like, 
all right, you know, we, we played the market a little bit. We didn't get some of the guys we thought may have been a little bit better than Melvin. And it felt like kind of like a settling situation. It didn't seem like, oh, we have to get him back. It was more just like, you know what? If this is the worst that we're going to get back, Melvin Melvin's a good piece, right? Also has a connection, I believe, to Russ Wilson. I think they played at Wisconsin together yep. for either a short period. So there, I think that may have helped as well, right? Like, you know, getting someone that, you know, Russ might be familiar with have some fun with you can get a little chuckles on the sideline, whatever. Uh, but I think Javante's in a very good situation. Don't want to dive too far, too much farther into this, but what do you guys think about stacking the two? What do you think about spending a late round draft pick on Melvin Gordon? If you've drafted Javante, is that, could that be a priority for you or does Melvin on his own in the event of a Javante injury, not really entice you? Uh, to be honest, like for best ball purposes, I most certainly don't want to stack that. There's only a few, okay teams that I truly believe could provide uh, for both of them. Because again, I'm not going to predict that one of them gets hurt and then the other one has a, mm-hmm. a lot of potential. I'm just going to assume that they both stay healthy. So th- so I, I am not going to go ahead and draft both of them. Now in redraft, if Melvin just continue, if I have Javante and Melvin is just dropping and no one's taking him, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I might as well take him then and just kind of, you know, secure that. But again, I, I believe a lot in Russ Wilson. So I don't think that if Javante goes down, that they're just going to lean heavily on Melvin Gordon. If, if anything, I think they would just lean heavily on Russ to take the game over and, and make the plays. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not much for drafting a handcuff in in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander Madison, probably the one exception to that rule, just because you know Cook's going to miss a game or two, and Madison mm-hmm. can have the same exact production as he does. So that'd be the only place I'd really target one. Now, like Andrew said, if if Gordon is really dropping and dropping, and he's he's just there, and you can grab him later, then maybe yeah, just just to be safe. But I don't think mm-hmm. that you'll get the same or or even that close to the same production from Gordon. Um, and I, I'm not big on drafting a guy you think is probably going to get hurt so you better grab his not as good backup later on I, that plan just doesn't really feel that's not how i like to operate anyways yeah it's not a situation that i would try to get in uh, i've seen people um like go through some of the thought process on that you know on twitter and on reddit and whatnot um it's more specifically to to best ball because if you you know if he goes down it's the same thing you just have a guy that will have that value and if the offense is good then Melvin Gordon would still have a lot more value in like, say the red zone in that situation. So he would definitely still get more meaningful touches, but it still wouldn't be like that booming type of production that you would potentially get from Javante. All right. Next up on the docket here, we've got an 80, another ADP battle, Jerry Judy versus Cortland Sutton. Who are you diving to and who are you waiting to fall in your lap? Start with Andrew. I am Sutton through and through. I will take Judy. If Sutton gets mm-hmm. taken in front of me, especially in best ball, um, I will take Judy. I, I do believe Judy can have a good year. But I think out of the two, the boom case uh, leans heavily on Sutton. He'll be the downfield threat. You know, I think that obviously there's already the the, the Bible narrative, right? I don't know if anybody listens to establish the run, but they talk about the Bible narrative, right? And, and Sutton's, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I say Sutton, Sutton's religious. Wilson's religious. I mean, I know that might not hold a lot of value to a lot of people, but I mean, again, you know, yeah, yeah. Two and two, pl- you know, equals four. So I, I, I do, I do. Really equals Jesus, that. Andrew. <laughs> yeah. God bless. Um, <laughs> I do think that Sutton, you know, w- will be the best guy. And honestly, I mean, he's one of my highest exposures um, for, for best ball. Uh, at the wide receiver position. So I, I'm on the team Sutton here, but again, like I don't blame anybody for going Judy. He's talented. I know he had the drops last year, so I think he can clean that up, especially with Russ being here. So, but I mean, at, out of the two, I don't even care what the ADP is. It's, it's Sutton for me. 
Yeah, I'm same, and their ADP is basically the same. I think it's 48 with uh, Judy and 50 with Sutton, so they're literally going right next to each other. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the Bible narrative is actually a real thing. I mean, you saw it last year with Stafford and Cup. They eat breakfast every morning together, and then look at what they went out and did during the season. So, so I definitely lean Sutton. But like you said, if Sutton's gone, Judy is just fine with me. Uh, we've seen Russ support two good wide receivers in DK and Lockett. Uh, we just thought, you know, Andrew and I both thought he can be a top 10 quarterback or yeah, quarterback for the season. So I think that in order to do that, you're going to need multiple receivers like that. Um, I don't think that I think those are going to be the main two guys. You mentioned uh, Hamler earlier. I do like him as a, as a late round flyer, especially in best ball. Um, but but yeah, I'm big on both these guys and I view them pretty much the same ADP is about the same. So I'd take either one. But if, if you put them together and I have to choose, I'm going to take Sutton as well. Yeah, I'm not running to either of them. I'm just letting one of them fall in my lap. That's just as simple as I can keep it. I'm, I'm just not really that high on either of them. I don't mind having a share of that offense at the wide receiver position. To be perfectly honest, I wanted that share to be Tim Patrick because his ADP in the offseason was just buried, just 18th round was, every time. It was beautiful for a while. I have <laughs> quite a few. It really, really was. And man, <laughs> man if, if there was something that I wanted to happen, it was Russ Wilson and Tim Patrick. But yeah. we'll probably have to settle for the Christian Mingle situation going on with him and Cortland Sutton. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I caught on to that early on in the year. I'm not sure who was talking about it, but I think they may have even showed the two of them, like, like in a, yeah, they're like a clip something. or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, think I saw the same thing. So that was kind of like, what I was how, leaning into was, was the, the Christian you know how, like, language. Tom is like hitting like, like, like speeding goat carts and stuff like that. Like that's what, that's what Russ is doing instead. You know, yeah. him, him and Cortland Sutton <laughs> in the group, they get in the prayer circle, they get down on a knee. That's, that's their uh, social media, uh, you know, TikTok grab targets Tom. That's what that's what the comp, the talent competitions for. All right, another fantasy viable question for a tight end: Will Albert O. Okubanam be fantasy viable this season? Again, I'm talking catches, targets, receiving yards, and then you can kind of uh, compact in the touchdowns. We don't want to just say like, oh, well, he'll be touchdown dependent, so he's good. What do you think, Andrew? Man, I struggle with this one, to be honest with you. Uh, in best ball, yeah, I'm, I'm taking him when I uh, take Russ. But I really started to read into Greg Dolchich, and I believe that they want to utilize him more as a catcher. I know he he got a little injured during preseason, but just read uh, about him today again, and they said that he is possibly ready for week one. I don't think that he is as good as a blocker as Albert O is. So I worry that they're going to put Albert O in there and obviously he's going to have a role, right? But I believe that he's probably going to be the blocking tight end. So I, I do worry that will there be a viable fantasy tight end that comes out of there on a weekly basis, potentially, but you may never know which one it is. So for best ball purposes, I'm kind of drafting either one when I have Russ and just praying to God that that one is the one that, that ends up you know, being the, the main one for the year. But again, for redraft purposes, I'll probably end up staying away. I'm just not going to feel comfortable putting him in there in my starting lineup week in and week out. I mean, he, in my eyes, he's a guy that's either going to give you zero or give you 10 plus. I, I don't think he's going to be just middle of the road, catch two passes for 20 yards, anything like that. So I, I to me, is, it, is he viable? Probably not if I had to, you know, really give an answer to that. Yeah, I'm going to go on him. I, I have zero interest. Best ball, again, different story. You're getting the stacks and stuff, so I'm going to throw that in. But when have we ever seen a tight end really be that good under Wilson? E even the the days where we had Olsen there 
it wasn't really that great. Uh, you know, Disley, we saw a few weekends here and there, boom, really big games, and everybody freaks out and grabs him on the waiver wire, and then he drops a goose egg. He's not ever used them before. I don't think he's going to use them now. We talked about the three wide receivers, even though Patrick is gone. I think Hamler mm-hmm. is a good late uh, pickup, especially in best ball, but even in redraft could potentially be something. But I, I would take a guy like Hamler over uh, Albert O. And especially with the uh, with the other uh, Dolchich, is it coming into mm-hmm. into the picture a little bit? You're kind of hearing a lot of steam and stuff there. That that makes me even more just want to say nope, no thank you. I, I will totally avoid their tight end situation. I'm in on Alberto, guys. I think he could have a good season. I feel like getting acclimated to the new team, the tight end position could be favorable to Russell Wilson. And I feel like a lot of the deceptive play calls will most likely go to guys like Hamler or Okubanam. I feel like because, you know, you mentioned the blocking upside, Andrew, it's going to keep him on the field a lot. Uh, First and third down for sure. What's he going to do for a second? They're just going to pull him out like one down every set or something like that. I I don't feel like they're going to trust you know, a, a rookie who hasn't had a, as much experience to start uh, the early career. Honestly, I would be most concerned about Albert O's value if they signed like a veteran. You know, uh, you mentioned like not being good with the tight ends. Jimmy Graham still sitting out there. I'm not saying like that's like a big thing, but I feel like they need a body like they need another guy. Uh, Jared Cook, I believe, is still available. These are the type of guys that, you know, you'll let them miss training camp if you just need to fill a body. Uh, I would have mentioned Kyle Rudolph, but he's off He's off now in uh, Tampa. Uh, but I feel like that could be a very real thing there because this team is in kind of like a win-now situation. And I think when you look at the tight end position, it looks a little thin uh, right now on paper, right? Like maybe Dolchich does wind up being something. But again, I wouldn't expect him to like have any type of like booming weeks. I, don't, I wouldn't expect him to finish you know, in tight end one territory more than once, let alone twice. Um, and Albert, oh, I feel like could potentially be in that area, you know, every other week, if not consistently, you know, pending the start of the season. And we've seen some really good tape from him, too. Like he he can burn down the sidelines. He can block. He's got size when he gets into the red zone. I mean, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, they're definitely the one a options there. I don't know. I feel like Melvin Gordon and uh, Albert O are kind of like right there is like like, you know, the third best. And when you're down that close to the goal line, it's all about being deceptive. So I feel like there's going to be some big opportunities for the, uh, for him and uh, Gordon. Garbage time, running up the score, stuff like that. All right, let's move on to our next team. We've got the Chiefs. All right. First up, back at quarterback position. You're on the board. You're available quarterbacks. You're taking one. You're absolutely taking one in this spot. Mahomes, Lamar. Justin Herbert, all on the board. Which way are you going, Andrew? For me, it kind of really depends on what my build looks like. If I have Andrews, I'm probably going to take Lamar just to stack that. Even in redraft, mm-hmm. you know, obviously for best ball, you know, it's whoever I can stack with. If I would have drafted Allen and and uh, you know Mike Williams or one of mm-hmm. one of the two, or even Eckler, I'd probably go Herbert. But in in redraft, if I have nobody to stack with right now. I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we've never seen okay. the Chiefs be this cheap in drafts. You can get Juju right after Mahomes. You can get MVS and Sky Moore later. Miko Hardman sitting out there. Obviously, you have Pacheco that you could take, you know, and if you want to stack okay. or, or CEH. I mean, there's multiple guys there. So if, if I have to pick between the three, you know, not considering the stacking potential, I'm just going to take Mahomes. I mean, I, again, there's I, I think that there's an overreaction by losing Tyreek Hill with Mahomes. You know, Andy mm-hmm. Reid is, is is not dumb. I mean, he's a great play caller, probably one of the one of the best we've ever seen. He's going to figure it out this year. So don't worry about 
Mahomes and and what's going to happen with the offense. They've been you know pretty good in the preseason as well. So for me, it's Mahomes. Um, now for four point, I might lean Lamar maybe a little bit there due to the fact that he's obviously going to run the crap out of the ball. But outside of that, it's it's Mahomes. Herbert's definitely the the third person there for me. Gotcha. Yeah, think, I, I agree with you as far as Chiefs are definitely cheaper than they should be because again, Tyreek Hill obviously is a big piece, but. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are still Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So they don't worry me, but I'm going to take Lamar Jackson. I'm really big on Lamar Jackson. I think it's going to be an MVP style season. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like he's going to get his contract done before the season starts. He's his own agent. He's going to be in total FU mode. He's going to want to be out there making all the plays and showing why he's worth being the highest paid quarterback in the league. I, I think that we're going to see him run the ball a lot. You look at his receiving options and there's not a ton you got Andrews and the wide receivers mm. are, are kind of, you know, not that great. Dobbins, I think is going to be good, but there's still a little question on his health. Edwards is going to miss time. That's going to result in him running even more. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still going to throw plenty. He, he can throw very well. Uh, I know we that, that win back content or uh prop is out there. First quarterback to five touchdowns. Jackson's 50 to one. I love that. I, I think that if you want a long shot, that's that's the way to go there. Because uh, even though his receiving options aren't super flashy and stuff, week one against the Jets, he's going to come out, tear it up, and uh, I could see that happening. But I, I'm really big on Lamar, and he's, he's one of my highest quarterbacks. So agreed that Mahomes would be probably my second choice still over uh, Herbert in third, but, uh, but Lamar's back for me. If I'm in a super flex format and I'm like into the first round, I still feel like I'm going Herbert here. And I, I just do it just based on the weapons around him. You know, Mahomes doesn't have that type of running back that he has in Eckler. The receiver tandem between Allen and Williams, I feel I still like lean the greater sign towards them than I do just Kelsey and just kind of like the mixture of Juju and MVS. I, I still feel like we've seen them kind of come down to earth a little bit last season, the Chiefs. And I'm not saying like they're going to be worlds off, uh, off worse without Tyreek Hill. But I do feel like we have to build in some level of regression for Patrick Mahomes, at least as far as like like deep ball accuracy and things like that, because I don't think that we all trust these guys downfield as much as we trust Tyreek Hill. You know, MVS couldn't pop off for a couple of big plays, but it's not at the consistency and it just doesn't demand the same level of defense, you know, from your opponent. Right. Like you, you don't have to put three men on MVS or Juju like that's not a real thing. Like the Dolphins had to do that last year in the second half when Tyreek Hill had like 45 points in the first half. They're just like, screw it. Everyone else could beat us. No more of this guy. He's done. You know, that could not have been a pleasant conversation. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I lean more towards Herbert. It's it's not far off, you know, but if you're in a different situation, like Andrew had mentioned, like if it's single quarterback, I like where your head's at with the stacking. You're going to expose yourself to more upside there. You know, if it's, you know, if you get Andrews early, you can come back around with Jackson. There isn't really an early target that you're taking from the Chiefs other than Kelsey. And I'm not pro like rush to the tight end. But if you do get in that circumstance, obviously that would be a good pick. Uh, but I feel like if you take tight end that early, like you want to wait to uh, take a quarterback even later. Right. So I like where your head's at there. Um, and then, yeah, in four point as well, Lamar Jackson would definitely have more upside just because of the rushing. Um, and a lot of those formats you're still seeing, you know, uh, was it a point per every 10 rushing yards. It's absolutely ridiculous. Those are steel leagues, uh, especially <laughs> for Lamar Jackson. All right. Yeah. So for the Chiefs, what running back do you favor most right now? We've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire. We've got Pacheco. We've got Jarek McKinnon. We've got hashtag free Rojo. <laughs> if they'll ever let him off the leash. 
what guy are you drafting specifically at their ADP? It's not about just like what guy you want. I could want a bunch of them, but what guy do you want at their ADP? Is Pacheco worth his cost? Is Clyde Edwards Hilaire worth his cost, et cetera? Is uh, I like none of them an option? <laughs> that is. That is an option. Zero. Because I'll take that one. I'm not interested oh, okay. in the Chiefs running game at all, to be honest. I, Fair. I mean, Fair. Edwards Alaire was supposed to be great coming out of college. We were all excited. You're throwing him into this amazing offense, and we didn't see anything from him. Now you bring in Rojo. Some projections have him not even making the team. We've hey. seen flashes from him. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, I know, but it's that's the case. Uh, but and then Pacheco. I mean, there's all this hype, and everybody wants him, which means they're gonna have to pay too much for him. Let somebody else reach on that. I, I'm just. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if Edwards Alaire just keeps dropping and dropping and dropping, and, and he's gonna be my third or fourth running back, then maybe okay, I'll take a shot. But mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in, in Chiefs at all. Fair enough. What do you think, Andrew? I'll take CEH where he's going again. I mean, we just saw when he came in, everyone was drafting him in round one, right? He was a massive disappointment, completely understand. But that offense is is awesome, right? I mean, I want any running back on an awesome offense. I'll take it on the chin if he sucks, completely understand. Again, I believe in Andy Reid. I think, you know, Pacheco did show already in, in the preseason that he can be out there on pass protections. He is like fucking dudes up left and right when they come in to try to take Mahomes out, right? That's the problem the CEH has is that he isn't doing that. So it takes him off the field a little bit. But again, if he can show, I, I think it's really going to really depend on what he does in the first like five or six weeks of the season, right? If he can come out mm-hmm. and be, be viable for them, score touchdowns, you know, not make mistakes, don't put the ball on the ground. I think that, that he's going to keep that role. If he, But if he comes out and he puts the ball on the ground a couple times or isn't catching passes, making dumb mistakes, I think that that's where he's going to get buried and he'll be off the team next year. So I, I'll take him at his ADP. Um, I actually just got him in an auction draft we did last night. Um, nice. Man, I, I got him for, you know, pennies on the dollar it seemed like compared to, to other guys that were going um, do you remember how much you got him for man i think i got him for 15 16 bucks i mean it wasn't it wasn't a whole lot there was a bunch of other guys go and again this was two uh, 200 budget so i mean it's right 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 you know in comparison to that but there was other guys that went much higher than him that i feel have the same sort of upside maybe a little bit safer floor but you know I, again the upside for ceh is tremendous in that offense so i'll i'll take the shot on where he's going so I'm I'm closer to Cody. I'm not quite like at zero, but I'm as like as as low as the ADP can go. And right now that's Jerick McKinnon and Rojo. Like I I don't get what the Rojo hate is. It's got to be a locker room thing. Like it's it's got to be something internal. Whether he's not hustling in practice, he's not giving a burst. <coughs> Excuse me, in drills or something like that. I I don't know what it is because this last preseason when he got meaningful touches, his last preseason game, he looked really good. He had over five yards per carry. Pacheco had the same. Maybe it was just the Packers defense just being really bad. I'm not sure. But, you know, before that, we didn't really see him play that many snaps in preseason. I turned the TV on. Here's Rojo just busting up eight 11-yard runs. Like, what's the big deal? I don't I don't, I don't, don't get it. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I've just never been eye on. Other than, you know, prior to week one of his rookie season when I probably had him at running back 12. And then that week one happens and he blows up the universe against Houston. And we're all like, we were right. We were right. And then it was a miserable, like 18 to 20 plus weeks of we were wrong. 
we were wrong. Oh, just and imagine maybe, what you could have sold him for after that week one. It, I mean, you could have got a King's ransom, right? And nobody wanted to. I, I remember trying for days to get him and, and you just couldn't. It, yeah. Because no, you had the oh, next best it. thing. Another couple right. things too. Uh, there's just, that's another thing. There's so many options. I mean, you got CEH, you got Pacheco, you got Rojo, you got McKinnon, like any and all these guys. And you could see them all in there. Like, right. It's, there's so many different guys and different ways they could go. Now, a plus mm-hmm. in the Pacheco case, we've seen it before with like Kareem Hunt. Nobody really saw anything from him. And then all of a sudden he right. comes out that first game against the Patriots has like eight touchdowns. And then he was great <laughs> yeah. after that. So but we've seen, I, I see your cream hunt and I raise you a Darwin Thompson. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So it can again, go, it can go both ways. Yeah. So that's so all just staying away from it. I, uh, I'm not interested. All right, we'll 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 try to skip the Kelsey conversation for now, uh, if we can even get to the Ravens because we're we're going a little bit long here. But uh, if we if we come back to the Raider or not the Raiders, the Ravens, we'll get into the Andrews and Kelsey conversation. For now, we're going to switch over to the Raiders. Uh, going back to the quarterback position here, guys, is Derek Carr a top ten quarterback this year? I've got him at quarterback eight. I'm all in. I've loved the progression over the last few years. I think he's going to be a hot ticket this year. What do we think? I think he can finish as the top 10. I'm not projecting that. Again, I'd rather take mm-hmm. Russ over Derek Carr. I do think Derek Carr is very underrated, though. He's probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks as far as fantasy is concerned. He's consistently mm-hmm. going, being drafted outside the top 12, especially an in, uh, in underdog. I love the upgrade with Devontae Adams. I mean, the connection's already there, right? They, they were college teammates, so the mm-hmm. connection's already there. I love Hunter Renfro. Uh, Waller is is interesting. You know, again, he's he's been hurt this preseason, so I wonder if that's going to linger. If that lingers, I really think that that hurts Derek Carr. Um, Waller's a, a huge part of that offense. The thing that I really like for Derek Carr, and which is why I think he could finish as a top 10, is that their run game is not going to be very good. I am completely out on Josh Jacobs. I know other people feel differently about that. I don't think that they have a very good run game whatsoever. So I do think that he is going to probably pass the ball. I think that they're probably going to finish in the top 10 uh, pass attempts this year. So I do think that that will help him. But again, mm-hmm. we've seen Derek Carr get a little wild with the ball. Um, I do worry that he's not going to put the ball where it needs to be. Um, but again, the weapons there are fantastic. I can't say you know anything bad about any of the weapons there, really. So uh, do I think he can? Yeah. Am I projecting that? No. Gotcha. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat with you. Do I think he can? Yes. Do I think he will? It's kind of in the air. I mean, so Adams obviously is a huge addition for the team. And mm-hmm. we've seen guys before that had that connection in college. You know, it all comes back and it's good. But we've also seen when wide receivers change teams, you don't always necessarily get the same result they've been getting. So you're kind of in the air there. The Waller injury scares me a lot because, I mean, we saw him get like, what, 15 catches week one last year. He's a very reliable target, a guy that he looks to. So, and and also on the running game part, I don't necessarily think we can trust any of their running backs uh, similar to KC because we don't know who it's going to be or how much they're going to get. But I think their running game is going to be pretty well established. It's just going to be a mixture of three, four different guys. It's going to be the same thing we saw in New England where mm-hmm. with McDaniels using all these different guys to do different roles. They just cut Drake. Uh, you know, Jacobs, you don't really know, but you got Abdullah in there. You got the mm-hmm. rookie in there. His name is escaping me at the moment. But Zamir White. Yeah, Zamir White. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see a little bit of all those guys in different mm-hmm. facets. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think we'll focus a little more on the run game than maybe a lot of people think. I do agree in the past, he's definitely been underrated. He's been one of my favorite guys to target because he's been underrated. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of view like Kirk Cousins as that this year where he's kind of getting overlooked and everything, but he's going to be productive in a productive offense. There's just so many people focusing on Carr now and all oh, this offense is going to be so good. This division is going to be so great that I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of backing off a little. And like you said, mm-hmm. I'd rather have Russ than, than Carr. So could he be top 10? Yes. Borderline though. And I'd probably lean more towards not so much. He finished his quarterback 13 last year, and across the past four years, he's just kept moving that needle from all the way from quarterback 19, 17, 14, 13 last year. I think this is the year that he cracks the top 10. He was quarterback 13 last year and only had to throw 23 touchdowns. Would you both agree that he's going to throw more than 23 touchdowns this year? Yep. Okay. The passing yards, I would assume then you guys feel like he's going to come down on because he was at like 4,800 yards last year. Yeah, yeah, I would say okay. it's uh, yeah, I would say the the pendulum's going to swing uh mm-hmm. TDs as opposed to yards are concerned. And and, and again, right. you you mentioned earlier we were talking about uh I think it was the Chargers about how the mm-hmm. the defenses in that division are, are are very good, right? That's where so, I was going next. Yeah, so so that's kind of the the tough part with all those mm-hmm. quarterbacks is we believe that all those games are going to be shootouts, but again, all of them have pretty great defenses. So it, it right. could turn into a thing of we're wrong on all the quarterbacks there and all mm-hmm. those quarterbacks are not as good as they should be. So, you know, that's the case against Derek Carr for me is that is, is the defenses. And I, I just don't know if I can trust Derek Carr. It doesn't feel sexy to me to be like, oh yeah, Derek's car, you know, he, he's, he's going to be a top 10 QB. I, I just can't see it. It feels real. It feels really sexy to me. I feel like it's a real <laughs> sexy pick, especially at his ADP. Right. Cause like, where you're seeing Russ go ahead of him in drafts, like you see Derek Carr fall to you, and he has that potential. I I, I can't really ar- like ar- argue with you guys deeply. He's a fringe top ten guy for sure. That's why it's a good conversation to have. Uh, he's being drafted right around. Like you'll see someone like me move him up to eight. You'll see somebody else get him at 13, 14. I've seen him go even deeper than that. Um, I've seen people pull up, you know, Justin Fields over him, and I'm a Bears fan, and I'm like, what? What are you crazy? Does just did like Justin Fields Justin. and the Bears just trade for Devontae Adams? What happened? Like, how how is this possible? Uh, that familiarity with all of his targets, not just Devontae Adams, been there with Renfro for four years. Waller, you know, if as long as he comes around, he's been there for the same amount of time as Renfro. Uh, they've been building something special there. It's not quite Tom Brady and Gronk, but I, I think they'll settle for Carr and Devontae Adams. So I think uh, I think they're going to be in a good situation this year. And your point about their defense, it stinks. It's bad. Not only will they have positive uh game flow in the division they're gonna have it with everybody because their defense just isn't that great uh they've got a good uh outside rush and that's about it I, I don't like any of their uh any of their guys in the backfield other than maybe jonathan abram and to me he's starting to feel more and more overrated as we as he gets older i guess all right josh jacobs or zamir white who do you trust more we were just talking a little bit about the running game oh, or you can man. pass i feel like cody's I- like a hard another hard pass here I don't trust I mean, either of them, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Cody. Uh, yeah, see, I don't trust either of them. Um, at, at ADP, I'll take the shot on Zamir White. I think that they're kind of out on Josh Jacobs, right? I mean, they they've shown us that they're they hadn't mm-hmm. extended him. Um, you know, I, I do think that they potentially were looking to really trade him out of there. So I don't think that they're sold on Josh Jacobs long term whatsoever. So I think that at some point in the season, when they really see that Josh Jacobs just stinks, that they're going to go ahead and put in Zamir White. And, right. s- and see what they got, right? I mean, there, there's there's no harm in doing that. So, again, I'd rather just take 
Zamir White at his ADP. I'm not going to take either of them in redraft. In best ball, again, I'll take Zamir White, but I've taken maybe like 2% on Josh Jacobs, and I feel dirty doing that. Oh. Yeah, this is another one I'm just probably going to avoid. Uh, yeah, it's really, really tough because you just made all the points for Jacobs. Like, it seems like they don't don't really want him there. And so, you know, I don't think – and maybe they're just looking at it like, mm-hmm. oh, he's going to be out next year, so we'll just run him into the ground and kick him out the door. You could potentially see that, but but I don't think so. I mean, we saw him come out in the Hall of Fame game when no other starters play and he's playing, <laughs> and it's like – that just red flags all over the place. Like, why is he out there? So what are, I'm pretty what do you out. Mean, son? You Again, don't like reps? Think, yeah. <laughs> you don't like yeah, reps? No, not those Where's kind of helmet, reps, son? I don't think. <laughs> you can't not play without reps, your helmet. That kind of player, you know? Right. But, right, uh, right. yeah, best ball, I think that that any of them are, are probably decent because you could get some Josh Jacobs weeks. You could get some Zamir White weeks. Even Amir Abdullah late, former Husker, uh, even though I, I don't care about the Huskers anymore because they suck. But, uh <laughs> But shout out to him anyways. Uh, he, he's a great best ball late guy because you're going to get touches from him. He's going to get in the passing game even. And obviously with them cutting Drake, I think was a big sign towards both White and Abdullah that they feel comfortable with them. They didn't need Drake anymore. Um, mm-hmm. You even see a guy like Sony Michelle got cut by the Dolphins today. So you wonder, you know, if they really don't like their backfield, do they bring a guy like that in because he's got Ooh. the familiarity with, mcdaniels there's a connection i don't see it happening but yeah i don't know you know but again this is another backfield that i I just it's so hard to predict i want to go with the backfields and the running backs i'm big on taking running backs early getting the Mm. guys that you know are going to have their positions you know are going to get are going to get the reps and and these these questionable backfields uh, i'd like to avoid more Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, in my most recent best ball draft, I took both of them. I was just like, screw it. I don't know what's going to happen after Kenyon Drake leaving. I'll just take both of them. F it. Someone's got to do something. It's got to be, it's got to be one of them. And again, I think their running game will be fine. And in best ball, it's great. Mm -hmm. It's just in redraft. I don't think you can trust either one of them. Yeah. I, I feel like when you're playing the ADP game between those guys, like I feel like Josh Jacobs is always kind of like in that last like shelf of running backs, like especially like an underdog, you would see him with like Elijah Mitchell, Josh Jacobs, like Miles Sanders, kind of like in that question mark space where you're just like, is this person getting 15 touches avoid. a game or are they getting five? 15, yeah. five. Like you're just like going back and forth between the potential ceilings there before you get into like, you know, the real thin stuff like the, the Gainwells and the Madisons and just like all of the second RBs that you feel could have a potential role or a, a Tony Pollard, somebody like that. So in those moments, if I'm thin at running back, I get some Josh Jacobs. Like I'm, I'm not really that scared. I still feel like he's going to produce this season. I just don't think the Raiders are going to let that ceiling get like incredibly high because they're not going to pay him. They're not going to extend him. They're not going to get themselves in a situation where he holds all the leverage, right? So I feel like there is going to be plenty of opportunities for Zimmer White. I'm okay drafting both of them honestly on the same roster, even in redraft, just because I kind of want to I want to see what I get. I'm high on the offense. If they're scoring a lot of points, if they're in the red zone a lot, I feel like I want to get one of those pieces um, and you just have to be a little bit more strategic about it. If you can't kind of get to that last clip of that shelf uh, running back before it falls off between Jacobs and some of those other names, maybe you just sit on Zimir White a little bit later. All right here. We are moving on. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We've got the receiver still. Will, will Renfro will finish wide receiver two or better? 
wide receiver two or better better for Renfro? What do we think? Oh, man. Uh, better than wide receiver two? No. Do I think he can finish at the back end of wide receiver two? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, um, you know, we were just talking about how their backfield kind of stinks, you know, so I do think that they're going to have to throw the ball. Again, if Waller is out for an extended time, that is going to really help Renfro um, and, and Adams, obviously, as well. So, yeah, I, I do think he will finish probably you know, somewhere in the 20 to 24 range as a wide receiver. So, I again, I, Renfro is not somebody I necessarily target, but there's a couple of guys that go right around him that I really like. And if those two or three guys go, that's my next target. Because, again, I think that he's in, in a good offense. Uh, obviously, him and uh, Carr have a connection. So, I, I do think that, yeah, he could finish as a wide receiver too. Yeah, I'm saying he's not a guy I'm going to target. But if he kind of falls in my lap, I'm not sad about it. I, I like him. He's mm-hmm. going as the – wide receiver 35 on sleeper right now. So if you're getting wide receiver two out of them, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, again, the Waller thing, if Waller is out, I think that Renfro is going to get a lot of those targets and mm-hmm. that could actually play into the, the running backs as well, getting more dump off targets without a guy like Waller in there. But uh, still, we still don't really know what to expect from Waller, but but I, I like Renfro, and again, not a guy I'm going to you know jump way ahead and grab, but if some of the guys in that area I like are gone, like Andrew said, and, and mm-hmm. I have to settle for him, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. It doesn't leave a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a similar situation. He was definitely someone that I targeted uh, last year. I was able to get late in drafts. He's just got a great connection with Derek Carr. I don't think that that's going to get put in the back seat for any particular reason. I think that Renfro and Adams can feed off of each other. Um, we haven't seen Adams support another wide receiver too, other than maybe like Alan Lazard, like the, maybe like the last eight games of last season. It wasn't even like a complete season, but we, I don't think that we've seen that because that hasn't really been the Packers MO for the past several years. They haven't been in uh, an air it out, chuck it down the field type of team. They've been definitely more conservative, uh, balancing it out more so with the run. And that's also why you haven't seen a lot of, you know, superstar wide receivers drafted there they're not getting jamar chase they're not getting justin jefferson right they have a different philosophy i don't feel like that philosophy is going to transfer over to the raiders i feel like renfro and adams can still both be productive every week and i feel like again with some of the narratives from their their uh their side of the ball on defense just being in a lot of competitive games i feel like they're both going to hold value and like we said like if waller's gone then it's even higher so you could see like that you know floor maybe get you know pulled down a little bit when Waller returns. But um, I also like a, a little sleeper pick, Keelan Cole. I, I feel like he's uh, improved a little bit this offseason. Uh, I feel like you know what we've seen from him so far in the preseason, there's a lot of games where he's just kind of carrying the yardage for the Raiders in the, in the preseason. So he doesn't seem like a guy that's um, you know working his way to the back of the depth chart. Seems like he's, he's kind of like right there earning more snaps behind you know these other guys like uh, Renfro and Waller. So... All right, so we are going to move on to the AFC East now. We're going to be talking about the Bills. But before we do, we're going to hit a quick word from our sponsors. We'll be right back after this. All right, so now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I know I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. Over-unders integrated into fantasy. It's the first sports contest built into the fantasy experience. Not only can you enter of uh, you know via over-under contest itself, but you can also go through your fantasy leagues matchup and you know go through like your matchup between somebody else and pick some over-unders there. 
And the main reason I, I'm excited about the over under on Sleeper is it's the only app where I can join my buddies contests and we can all play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks at the tap of a button. More like they copy mine, but, you know, it goes both ways. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So on your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Use promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We're also brought to you by Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and sports circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun, from pick'em to survivor to fantasy pools. It's the one-stop shop for sports gaming and customizable with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. Uh, Run Your Pool, man, when, when they came on as a sponsor, I was like, oh, I already know about those guys. They, uh, it's a great place to just run any type of pool. If you're listening to, to content like this, you're probably the guy at work that is running the pools, taking care of all that stuff. So run your pool, the place to go. We've teamed up with run your pool to host the official SGPN survivor contest. You can hop in now to reserve your spot. Uh, the winner gets $500 cash plus a $250 gift certificate to the SGPN store. You can sign up for that today over at runyourpool.com slash sgpn that's play.runyourpool.com slash sgpn all right so we're moving on to the afc east we're going to be talking about the bills here guys i think this will probably have to be our last division i mean i know i was a, a little a little skeptical about uh, you know going through the entire afc but you know a long conversation is a good conversation so i know we got some you know pas- passionate degens on on the board here tonight uh, so we're probably just going to be cutting it off after the AF- AFCE. So I appreciate anybody that's been riding with us. Be sure to smash the download button, leave us a po- positive review, and get at each of us on Twitter. We're all here to answer your fantasy questions. And hit up sportsgamblingpodcast.com, fantasy tab. We've got everything you need, draft kits. We've got projections, cheat sheets, articles, um, you know, target analysis. We've got everything that you could possibly uh, imagine for your fantasy draft. Uh, we've got the edge you need to beat the competition. So come on by. All right. The Bills, Josh Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, first to five passing touchdowns. You can get the odds at win bet. Who is going to win it of these three? Or Dark Horse, if you'd like to throw it in. Oh, man. Uh, This is a tough one. For me, it's between uh, Allen or Mahomes. I Mm -hmm. do think week, man, if I had to put money on it, I'm putting it on Mahomes only due to the fact of I think the game's going to be a little bit more uh competitive week one for that and mm-hmm. i do think obviously we have talked about the running game if we don't believe that it's really going to truly take off i think it's going to be mahomes but again I, i'm not gonna yell at anybody for putting it on josh allen i mean th- this dude just throws touchdowns in his sleep i mean we all saw that play in the preseason right he looked like he's about to get sacked turned around just chucked it downfield to gabe davis like the, the dude is absolutely incredible so if i had to put money on it it's mahomes but again i i think it's between those two um i, I really do like out of the whole uh, the entire nfl i think it's between those two to, to throw for uh, five touchdowns first what do you think cody yeah i'm, I'm gonna lean mahomes too i mean they're playing the cardinals week one you, you would kind of imagine that game's going to be more of a shootout. Um, right. We just talked about the running game in KC potentially being non-existent or you don't really know what's going on. Mahomes loves to sling the rock. He, he's going to. You still have good receivers there even without Tyreek Hill. So I could easily see him hitting that. Uh, that's definitely the best matchup I feel like for 
for that. So if I'm picking between those three, it's Mahomes. I already said earlier, Lamar Jackson, 50 to one. I like to, mm-hmm. I like long shots. If you listen to the NASCAR gambling podcast at all, <laughs> which I host, I get, I give out a lot of long shots. We had 30 to one winner this past weekend. So I, I love my long shots. So Jackson is that, but uh, of these three, I, I'm going to lean with you on Mahomes as well. All right. So we, you guys mentioned some of the opponents. I do know that the bills play, I believe Rams on opening yep. night. On, on maybe a little bit more, night, maybe a little bit more challenging, but I don't think I don't think that that means that Allen can't hit it. But man, I just looked at the Chargers schedule, and they've got the Raiders, the Chiefs, Ooh. and the Jaguars. I'm going Herbert. Okay, yep, yeah, you're selling yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, was going to say I felt like I could turn one of you there. It's like the Jaguars in that mix. Oh man, yeah, I yeah, because like it doesn't. Does... I mean, you're not necessarily going to see this in Week One for sure, right. oh, but. Uh, I... Golly. I think is it Herbert? I don't know that Herbert's ever thrown more than three touchdowns in a game. If hmm. that's, uh, I believe well, I heard that stat. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. But, week uh, one at home against the Raiders. I think it might be able to get it done. I don't know. Right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I feel like if there's one guy that's going to do it in a week, like that's the matchup. I mean, it could very well be either of the quarterbacks, Carr or uh, Herbert. That's going to be a crazy matchup, or maybe even Kyler in, in the KC one. That would be nuts. All right, playing the ADP game with James Cook and Devin Singletary, going at very similar ADP. Which uh, which player do you guys prefer? You know, given that they're being drafted in nearly the same round. Oh man, it's James uh, Cook for me, and don't tell Adam because uh, during the, the draft day, <laughs> during the draft day two stream, he came on and we had this same argument. He he is team Singletary, I'm team Cook. And okay. man, it, 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 you can't talk any sense into Adam. Hey, oh Adam, man, I was listening. You guys got into it. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. It's it's just funny because I, I'm of the camp of Singletary's been there, and he was he only started to do well towards the end of the season last year. So right. I, I don't think that they fully believe that he can be an every down back. And, and obviously, the Bills showed us this pre or uh, this off season that they wanted to get a guy there that can catch passes in the backfield. They tried to get J.D. McKissick, you know, shout out commanders. He stayed on the better team, of course, you know. So uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't, that wasn't by his choice. <laughs> Poor guy. So, let me so, go. <laughs> just let me go. Can't even get out uh, of there if you try. <laughs> so they, uh, you know, they showed us that they wanted to, to get a, a, a passing back. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously James Cook's going to fill that role. So I think at some point he's going to supplant Singletary. He's going to be the better of the two. He's going to fit the offensive scheme a little better than Singletary will. I do think Singletary has a role within the offense, but, you know, at their ADPs and where they're going, I I know it's pretty close, but I'll just take the upside of Cook as opposed to, I mean, I know what Singletary is. I have no idea what Cook mm-hmm. can be, and, I, you know, I'll take that. What do you think, Yeah, Cody? I I'm same boat. I'm team cook for sure. Another backfield. I'm not too big on taking. I just don't get the Singletary love. Like you said, had some good games toward the end of last season, but in the off season, they made it very clear. They wanted someone else that to fill that specific role. I think McKissick would have been great there. I, and now that Robinson's going to be out, I like McKissick a lot more again, but uh, McKissick in Buffalo, man, even though I, I am a Buffalo hater, <laughs> I would have liked to see that for fantasy purposes. And I think that Cook can fill that role. He He's the younger brother of Dalvin Cook. Obviously, I don't think the talent is the same, obviously, but but it's in his blood. He can do it. He can get it done. And we've seen they went out and got him. I just I don't get the Singletary love. You put these two guys up at the same point, I have to take one. It's Cook mm-hmm. every time. I'm not interested in Singletary. I think he will have a role. 
I think we'll see all three running backs have their role. But I think that Cook, maybe not as much early in the season, but later in the season, like Andrew was saying, is going to really start to carve it out and become the obvious number one. So Team Cook for me as well. We'll just make sure that Adam doesn't this episode, <laughs> or we're all fired. <laughs> yeah, you got you got you got to be careful with that when, when you're when you're coming down on the Bills. But um, honestly, I, I feel okay taking either of them in redraft. I will kind of play like to just whoever falls to me card um, because I, it's not a situation where I w- want to run to either one. Cody, you mentioned you know obviously each of these guys could have different roles. I think James Cook is up in the hurry up offense. Uh, I think that they want to be able to push the pace. They want to get a lot of plays in. They have an electric offense. And I know that, you know, Josh Allen talks about ne- never having to punt. Well, ha- being able to do that is to just constantly keep the other defense on their toes, right? So being able to run the hurry up, I feel like that's where James Cook, JD McKissick, whoever they would have added to the pass catching fancy, you know, is, is going to come in. Like that's where I feel like they want to go or the direction that they want to be in. Because at that point, the play calling becomes incredibly dangerous like it it becomes you know almost impossible to stop you know is Allen going to roll out are they going to give it to one of these running backs are one of these you know receivers going to make a play you know you still have um you know a lot of young receivers there you have Crowder coming in Gabe Davis hype obviously is through the roof right now so I, I don't really feel like I have to rush to either of them I know that people are very strong on both sides of the fence but I don't think that there's a clear argument for either one of them to just like be the guy so I, this is a situation where I'm just tying myself to a running back that's in a very good offense. Like I still think that Devin Singletary can have a role in, you know, in the red zone, right? When we get close to the goal line, typically when you're when you're getting down there, it's not the rookie that you you don't have as much trust in. Like you kind of have to earn that to get those really meaningful touches because you're a rookie and you put the ball on the ground in the red zone. You're, you're sitting on the sideline like they have other weapons to use, right? Not saying that that's going to happen to Cook, but we've seen that happen with Singletary and with Moss where somebody gets in the doghouse and you're out for a little bit, right? Um, the the amount of production that Singletary was able to give me at the end of last year just kind of gives me like, a, eh, I can take him, you know, like it, it, it doesn't like make me feel super comfortable because of the situation. But at the same time, it gives me enough trust where I can just be like, here's my fourth quarterback or my fourth running back. Boom. Rostered. No big deal. No sweat. All right. Gabriel Davis, very similar to Hunter Renfro. Wide receiver two or better this year? What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I, I think he finishes there. Uh, and this is going to be weird to say, but I really don't like taking him where he's going. Like, he's going, what, wide receiver 17, 18, somewhere in there? Like, I don't like drafting him there. I feel like that's more of his ceiling, if anything. So I do feel like he can finish as a wide receiver two. And man, if Diggs goes down, watch out. Gabe Davis is just going to win you your fantasy league so i get the upside of taking him but barring any of that stuff i'm not sure he can you know finish as a wide receiver one because i definitely think steph Diggs is going to have a massive year so i yeah i do think he'll finish as a wide receiver two probably towards the back end you know again but i i just i don't get a lot of them because there's guys going around him that i prefer that i think can have uh more of a target share in their offense have more upside essentially and again you know but uh, i'm not factoring in injuries because again if if Diggs goes down Gabe Davis is going to be lights out but I I do think you know that he will finish as a wide receiver too probably again towards towards the back end um but I love him for best ball actually because I think he can have some huge weeks I mean we saw what he did with those four touchdowns and who was that against the Chiefs I mean Mm -hmm. it's just fantastic so great player uh very good route runner as well so yeah I, I do think he can finish as a wide receiver too yeah I agree I love him same same thing for me. I, I don't seem to get him ever in the drafts that I'm in because 
where I feel comfortable taking him, he's already gone. But I think he's mm-hmm. going to have a very productive season. I think he's going to be good. We've seen that Bill's offense is very potent, obviously. I don't think that's going to slow down this year. Allen is amazing. Diggs is going to have a great season. I think I'm very high on him. I think that Davis is going to be the perfect complement to him. I think he's going to be good. Again, maybe going a little higher than I like because in the drafts that I've done, he's gone before I really would have considered taking him. But but mm-hmm. I do think he has a lot of upside. And I've definitely tried purposely to get more best ball shares of him, especially with that Allen stack, because he's going to have those blow-up games that Andrew just talked about. We're going to see him go off for four, three, four touchdowns, probably multiple times this season. So I'm drafting him at wide receiver 24. That's where I have him in my ranks, right at the edge of wide receiver two and wide receiver three. He is the SGPN consensus wide receiver 33. Uh, that includes myself, uh, Bo McBrayer, David Heilman, Adam Pelletier, uh, Emerson uh, Beery, and Brad Stickler. I have him at 24. I have him the highest, and he's at consensus 33. So most of his rankings, 34, 32, 36, 38, 36. I have him butt-ended between DK Metcalf and Chris Godwin. So I'm very high on him. Who would you guys rather have out of, out of, the, out of that threesome? Ooh, that's tough. I it's hard not to take Dave Davis. It's hard not to take DK because we've seen him be productive even last year with Geno Smith. We know Geno Smith is going to be the starter now. I I know it's not super sexy. It's not Russ, obviously, but he was productive with him last year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's so good. It's hard to pass up on a guy like him. So I think I would lean DK Godwin, man. I'm a huge Tom Brady guy being a Patriots fan, but with the injury stuff, with the mm. un, I'm not big on the Bucks this year. I, I just had an article come out uh, previewing the the NFC South, and actually I took the Bucks mm-hmm. under because I just everything that's going on there. It's not very Tom Brady like with him missing time when in like such a a pivotal. But Cody, time he's got shit to do, man. He's old, yeah. don't you know? When you're <laughs> what, old, what you have is shit like, to do? That is not the Patriots, Tom Brady. He's got shit to do. We all got shit to do, Tom, but. Show up and do your job, man. Come on. I know right, you're the right. GOAT, but uh, yeah. So so I'd probably take Davis over Godwin, but uh, mm-hmm. DK, I think DK is, is going to come first for me uh, out of those three. What do you think, Andrew? Uh, man, it's it's Gabe Davis. And again, I, I just kind of said that I don't really take him a whole lot, but out of those guys, DK, uh, love the talent, hate the situation. Mm-hmm. I know they're going to throw oh, yeah. the ball, but I mean, good Lord. I mean, I, I, neither they're one of those quarterbacks are super accurate. Yeah, and and again, like I, I totally get the case for for DK, but Geno's not very super accurate. Locke is just awful. I mean, he just stinks. So hey, I, hey, I just pay can't. some respect to that man. That man won me some money this weekend. Thank God uh, for Drew Locke. Uh, Three yes. picks. Like oh he, man, he's so bad. So like I, I don't really want anything to do Great. with any of the Seahawks. To be completely Great. honest with you, I, I'm I'm completely out on them. They suck. Um, so yeah, again, for me, it is Gabe Davis. Um, I do mm-hmm. like Godwin again, shout out Penn state, love Chris Godwin. I, I just, I feel like there's a lot going on there in Tampa, right? Their offensive line is just getting tore up every single day. I mean, they're, they're losing yep. people. He, they're going to have to go pick up Joe Schmo off the street soon to, to try to protect Tom Brady. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, they brought in Julio, they brought in, uh, Russell Gage, which I know Tom said that he really likes. So th- there's just a lot of guys going there. If, if Julio or, and or Gage wasn't there, I probably would switch my, uh, my answer to Godwin. Cause I do think mm-hmm. Tom Brady can lean on Godwin a lot, 
But, you know, in this scenario, I'll just take Gabe Davis. I'll take the upside and just pray right. to God. If I do take Davis without Diggs, then I'm, I don't want to say hoping for a Diggs uh, injury, but I hope Diggs misses some games because, man, Gabe Davis could just be electric. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty out on the uh, the C, uh, Seahawks as well. I'll take Tyler Lockett there at his ADP because I still feel like he's going to be the friendlier target for a Geno Smith type of quarterback. And I just don't see Seattle being in the scoring zone, the red zone, as often as the Bills. Like, I, any play, any drive, the Bills can just march down the field. Like, you're going to see a lot of three and outs from Seattle. And for me, like, you just need your assets on the field. That's like half the battle is getting positive game flow, right, to where your guys are getting higher potential ceilings. So, yeah, I, I got to lean with Gabe Davis there. If there was an injury, if there was a domino to fall in uh, in Buffalo, my goodness, that would propel him up to probably wide receiver one territory. Kind of a similar situation with like uh, Chase and Higgins, something mm -hmm. like that. Yep, yep. All right, uh, let's move on to the Patriots, kind of skipping the, the, the tight ends at this point because we're trying to make up on time. Are you guys drafting Mac Jones in redraft formats? Single Q QB, I just I feel like that's kind of a tall order. But in Superflex, like I feel like there's some curb appeal there in a, an efficient offense. He shouldn't turn the ball over a lot. Is this someone that you would grab in a redraft Superflex format as your second, like as your actual starter? Absolutely not. Sorry, Cody. I mean, I I, ju I just can't. You know, I. <laughs> I don't see the upside. Literally, I just saw an article today that says that Mac Jones doesn't really have a handle on the offense, right? Like, we're, we're in week three of preseason. Like, I, I'm, I'm not drafting that. I'm just not doing it. I'd rather week. take, yeah, I'd, I'd rather take Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. Like, I, I there's guys with more upside uh, in my eyes than, than Mac Jones. I, I think the Patriots could actually be a decent team. But I think a lot of it's going to come on their defense and Mac Jones just being a game manager. He's going to be like a poor mm -hmm. man's Alex Smith in my eyes, right? Like I, I like Mac Jones as a player. I just, for fantasy purposes, I'm I'm out. Like I I just can't do it. So I am a Patriots fan, so I will preface it by saying that <laughs> I've also heard for 15 years straight that Tom Brady was done this year and the Patriots were going <laughs> to stop, and right, then they go right. to win the Super Bowl. So not that Mac Jones is Tom Brady. He's not necessarily my target to, to be my number two starting quarterback in a super mm -hmm. flex. I like to go pretty early on quarterbacks, but depending on how the draft falls, if I end up, you know, if there's too much value on other positions, quarterbacks are going too fast and I have to take Mac Jones later, I'll settle for him. I'd rather have like a Jameis Winston, probably more mm -hmm. down in that area, but, yep. but I'll, I'll settle for him in a one quarterback. Absolutely not. You don't need that to have them at all. Best ball, uh, I've got quite a few stacks. There's a lot of stacks you can do late. No way. With Patriots. <laughs> Mac no, Jones. I don't is, believe it. <laughs> Mac Jones is going to have games where he's going to throw a bunch of touchdowns. They'll get down to the red zone and he'll loft a couple up to Hunter Henry or or the little shovel pass to Kendrick Bourne, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, not, not somebody I'm targeting to be my quarterback number two. Even as a Patriots fan, I know that, that he's not going to be that elite but but if if the board falls that way and i have to settle for him there or as mm -hmm. my third quarterback in case one of my two goes down to plug in on bye weeks i'm definitely okay with that who, who are you good stacking? with taking who are you stacking with him i've stacked everyone <laughs> i mean i've done the hunter henry i've done parker myers uh even some of the running backs uh not necessarily uh more the rookie the two rookie running backs late just you know um but 
but I, I've gotten a little bit. I've, I've done a lot of best balls, Andrew. I'm probably not on your level, but uh, <laughs> I've done a lot. So I've got a lot of stacks of a lot of people, but he's easy to stack late because, you know, you get in a, a more elite quarterback up towards the start. And, and then he's just kind of one of those lo- forgot about guys later. And I think there's going to be boom weeks in there on a week to week basis. No, he's not going to be Josh Allen or something like that. Nobody expects that, but I expect the Patriots to be good, have a good season, not necessarily a great season, but I think that Mm -hmm. the offense will be efficient and I think that he can be serviceable enough. I do have one Mac Jones, Devontae Parker stack. I I do have one in best ball. I also have a little Johnny Smith stack in there too. Oh wow! Okay, all right. That's that's when you can get real late with Janu because uh, yeah. real late. Your last you pick. Didn't see what much you of Janu last year. <laughs> uh, like like at the end late. Yeah, the the last yeah. pick late. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah like absolutely. Your very last pick, but whatever. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like oh yeah, he's there, buddy. Right next to Mo Ali yeah, He's not getting drafted um, most of the time. I will take him as my third quarterback in Superflex. Now I was beat last year in a fantasy championship. Mind you, it was dynasty, but like my team was like win now and. <laughs> I had, uh, what was it, Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. My opponent had Zach Wilson and <laughs> Mac Jones, and he beat me in the oh, finals. <laughs> but he had the Dame Harris-Mac Jones stack. So there you go. You can actually still do it with the running backs as well, and you'll kind of soak up some of that value. But, yeah, at the end of that, I'm just like, how? <laughs> I just scratching my head just like, what did I have to do? Like, you know, you, you can pick your players, but you can't pick your opponent's players. Sorry, guys. Um, no, I, I'm okay with taking him as my my third quarterback. That's that's as high as I can go. You know what I mean? Like even then, I still feel like you're exposing yourself to some risk. You get somebody with a long term injury or somebody that misses, you know, four or five games, a handful of games. Like that's not a situation that I want to be in. I do like the idea of Devontae Parker with with the uh, the Patriots offense. I feel like that could be a good match. I guess we'll just kind of bleed into that. Outside of Devontae Parker, is there another draftable wide receiver? Like, are you guys targeting Jacoby Myers? other than best ball, because we can all kind of make that argument for best ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I ish. <laughs> if Parker's gone and it's late and I just need somebody to fill in the bench, I'll throw him in there mm-hmm. because we've seen we've seen him and Mac have a pretty good relationship. The touchdowns haven't been there, notably, for Myers. But if that turns around, I mean, he's a guy that, that I'll take as a late flyer and kind of root that maybe they just break out this season. Kendrick Bourne mm-hmm. is another guy. We've seen him be pretty productive in the offense, depending on how deep your benches are getting. Uh, I play in a lot of leagues that, that are pretty deep. So so if you're getting pretty deep benches, Kendrick Bourne's a guy you could grab late as well uh, that, that gets involved in, in all over the place in the running game, in the passing game. He's going to be that slot receiver. So, yeah, Parker is definitely the number one to me, though. I, I definitely target him over Myers, over anybody else for sure well above and beyond and then if Myers is kind of hanging around late and I don't have Parker and I just need another wide receiver I will pick him up but I'm definitely not as big on him I think Parker I think Parker could have a very very good season I like Myers um I think the touchdown regression is going to be there for positive I mean you know he was very unlucky uh, with touchdowns last year so I like Mm -hmm. Myers it's not somebody I'm targeting but if I need you know a, a last a second last wide receiver I mean he's so, and I'm probably on an island here. I actually think Myers is better than Devontae Parker. So I think he can actually 
be still the wide receiver one on that team. The guy mm-hmm. I've been drafting the most of is is Kendrick Bourne from this team. And again, like I was drafting a whole lot of them. I kind of slowed down a little bit because there were some negative reports coming out from from camp about him and just his his mm-hmm. work. But again, like last year, Kendrick Bourne towards the end of the year was performing very well. I mean, better than Meyer. So it, it's a guy that I, I definitely like. And I think he can fit pretty well in this offense with what they want to do. He's pretty versatile. So, um, you know, for me, it's, it's Myers. And then I will draft Parker more than Bourne, but I prefer, prefer Bourne at his ADP. But I do think mm-hmm. obviously Parker's a little better. I actually was drafting some Thornton. Um, the the rookie, yeah, that's that another back I had. Same, yeah, yeah, he he's he's a speedster, right? And then he goes and gets hurt. So now yeah. you know he's he's out of the playbook here. So it's I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, I even for a late Myers. best ball stack though, you could still throw him in. He's supposed to only miss six to eight weeks, so he's not going to do you much good, obviously, while he's out. But right, but as yeah. that late throw in, if you got Mac Jones in your best balls, he, he what do you guys think the, about uh, Ty Montgomery and uh, an underdog? He is listed as a wide receiver. I know. See, I, I feel the same way. I'm like, eh, you know, but uh, Pierre Bill, Strong, Ty Montgomery, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. I say, again, I don't feel about it, but <laughs> I'm not going to say Humphrey. that I haven't thrown him in there as a as a tournament saying, play like, in best ball. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I think they'll use him. You know how the Patriots are. They're going to use all those gadget guys. They're all going to have right. their different plays, and they're, he's going to have a game or two. And that could be the difference in a best ball tournament type of thing. But mm-hmm. I, I don't see as much of a role for him for sure as, as a lot of those other guys. I, I like Kendrick Bourne. I also like Nelson Aguilar. I don't, I don't know if either of you guys mentioned him. Um, Kendrick, yeah, yeah. Kendrick Bourne, uh, wow. man, he was cashing these just low props for me last year. Like he was getting two and a half, three and a half numbers. They were just completely disrespecting him. Now he wasn't booming, but he was getting his threes and his fours and his five. He's like, he was hitting, he was cashing the, uh, cashing the check so i i like him but i just don't feel like he holds any like obtainable draft value like these guys are waiver wire fodder in my opinion in most formats like like to your point cody in a deeper format yeah i'll, I'll take a shot on jacoby myers i own very few shares of him um i did not get him in any best ball formats but i do have him in, in like some dynasty i got him in an auction league last year where he carries like a contract it's not even like tr- true dynasty so I have some exposure to him, but just not someone that I'm really excited on. And I feel like just based on how the offense works, there's no one guy that's going to get overloaded. If there's someone that I want, I'm buying into the Devontae Parker hype. He's had a very good camp. They said he looks much better than he did when he was in Miami. I think that Mac Jones is, dare I say, potentially an upgrade over to a tag of Iloa. So I think that it could be a good situation for him. But is it a great situation for fantasy? Parker's still going to be a, a you know a bench guy for most folks, anyways. You know he might sneak into a flex, maybe your third wide receiver in a fourteen team league or something like that. But I, I don't think the uh, the upside for those receivers is like incredibly high. Where you're just like, oh, gotta have that one, gotta get to him. I don't think it's that type of situation. Um, I am a little bit higher on the running backs. What do you guys think about the ADP game with Stevenson versus uh, Dame Harris? Again, a very similar situation where they're going like neck and neck, same round, one at the beginning of, the, of one round, end of another. Where, where are you guys at with these two? I, I like both of them. I, I've taken both of them. I'm fine with either one being a starting running back on my team. Mm-hmm. Again, we talked about it earlier where some of these running back situations you can't really trust. You don't know who's going to be. With these guys, they're both going to get their work. And mm-hmm. each and every game, they're both going to get their carries. Now you're not going to have one of them's not going to get more work than the other one necessarily all the time, like a Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon type of situation. But these guys are both going to be two solid guys. It's a team that likes to run. The Patriots would rather run than throw. They had a game last year 
with three passing attempts, if that tells you anything. So they Snowball. they like to run. Um, Harris is is out after this year. He's not going to be on the Patriots. So they're going to be fine to just run the hell out of him, use him up and discard discard him. Uh, Stevenson's going to be the number one guy next year. So if you can get him in Dynasty, get him now while you can before he is the number one guy because I, I think that that he's going to be really, really good next year, um, even though they'll have another guy that's going to split time with him because that's how it always works in New England. Pierre Strong. But, yeah, exactly. Probably Pierre Strong. Um, but, you know, with James White being retired now, I think that we'll see more strong a little bit, but I think that's going to go more to Stevenson in the passing game more than anything. And I trust Steve. I think Bill also trusts Stevenson more as long as he doesn't fumble and get in that Belichick doghouse. I like both of these guys and I have teams where either one is the starter on my, is one of the starters on my team or a flex or whatever. And I'm very, very comfortable with it, especially where you're getting them because they're not, in that top run of, of running backs that go off the board, but you're going to get solid and week to week production from both of them. I'm team Stevenson. Um, I'm going to have 0% Damian Harris. I just, it's not a running back. I want, he doesn't fit the, pro, fit the profile of a running back. I want, he's not going to catch a lot of passes. I think he's going to have regression in the touchdowns. He scored like what 15 last year. I think like, I mean, that was fantastic. That that really carried him to a great fantasy year. I don't think it's going to be the same. Stevenson is better this year. They trust him more. He's going to play in the passing game. Um, I, you know, Harris had some lingering injuries last year, too, so that kind of concerns me a little bit. So I would actually draft Stevenson over Harris, um, and I love that Stevenson's going later than Harris as well. So I'm team Ramondre all the way. Um, I'll actually trust him as my running back, too. If I go, you know, that's kind of zero RB at that point. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely fine with that, to be honest with you. I, I think he's going to overtake Damian Harris um, at, and probably as soon as week five or six, honestly. I, I just, Harris is a good standard league running back, right? So somebody that you don't have to worry about catching passes and all that and has a higher ceiling for touchdown potential. But again, mm. if he, where you're drafting him, if he fails, it's not a big deal because you can find a bunch of other guys there. So uh, it, again, I, I'll take Stevenson every single day over Harris. So you, you built a, a good argument for Stevenson, like a good path, like, hey, this is a good reason to draft Stevenson. But I think simultaneously you created a path for both players. And I'll, I'll say it like this. Like if you are at the, po the point in the draft where you have either of these guys on the clock, first, you don't have to be the, the guy to take, you know, one of them first you can you can definitely wait on one but in most formats that i've seen stevenson is going ahead of dame harris for the ppr upside like in standard formats you're going to see harris go ahead of him however if you have built a more ppr friendly team but at that point if you have more running backs that ex are exposed to less red zone touches or potential touchdown opportunities then i would go with a dame harris however if you have stacked up on more of like a derrick henry maybe even a dalvin cook or an elijah mitchell running backs ahead of this adp that don't catch as many passes or very few then i would go with stevenson so even if damian harris were to regress on touchdowns i think we can safely say that he should be right in the 8 to 10 wheelhouse still and at that adp 8 to 10 rushing touchdowns is pretty damn good and what i would consider a safe floor for a running back at that ADP. I think that a lot of the Stevenson hype has really drowned out Harris's value because in the red zone, I still feel like he's going to be a very reliable tool. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is a good change of pace type of player and he is strong, but when you're looking at the bulldozer, that is Dame Harris, 
why would you not give that guy some touches inside the five, inside the 10? I think that's going to be his role, right? And Stevenson, like we have heard, should be taking and adapting more to the James White type of PPR role, right? So just kind of read the board and your own team, like recognize the picks that you've made ahead. If you have made more PPR notable picks at running back prior to these guys, then I think that it's safe to go with Dame and vice versa. If you've taken, you know, less touchdown exposure type of running backs prior to Dame or Stevenson, you would go with Dame. I think you hit the I think you hit the the nail on the head right there with the case. I do think he is going to be the goal line back for them. And yeah, Stevenson has the the PPR upside, but I think he's going to get his touchdown still. Mm-hmm. So like like said, I think you laid out the case perfectly and I would take either one and be fine with it. I do think I would take Stevenson first, but uh, but I'm fine getting either one. And again, depending P- on your build as well. Yeah, in PPR formats, that, that just feels like it's going to make the most sense because he's going to have that, you know, essentially the what you would consider the most availability from their own 20-yard line up to the next 20-yard line. And then enter Dame Harris. But even then, I, I think we can all easily say that we expect to see Ty Montgomery, Pierre Strong, some other random-ass running back they got off the street <laughs> to be taking a couple random carries. It's going to happen. It's Bill. It's the Patriots. Yep. It's going to yep. happen. <laughs> All right. We're moving on to the Dolphins here, and we're going to um, – or no, we got a couple teams left. Sorry. We have we have the Dolphins and then the Jets. So are we drafting Tua in any format other than best ball? I am not a Tua buyer. I am not a believer. I am out. What do you guys think? Nope. Zero exposure. Yeah, um, I, I have some, again, I, I know we're not talking about best ball. I do have some in best ball, but as far as redraft's concerned, absolutely not. Again, I'd rather take my shots on Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, Carr. I mean, you name it. Completely out on Tua. Um, I'm, I'm out on Tyreek, again, because of where he's going. I think that's way more than his ceiling is concerned. So I, I, I do like Waddle, actually. Waddle's pretty interesting to me. Um, that's one guy I like and Chase Edmonds. But as far as Tua's concerned, nah, Tua sucks. He, he's He's bad. I just don't think that he is going to – I'd be scared to, to start him week in and week out, right? I think his floor is pretty low, and I think he can think he can have some good games, but I think I think they're going to be far for you in between. And I do think that the Dolphins are actually going to take a little bit of a step back as well as a team in total. So I could see Tyreek getting pissed off that he's getting underthrown all the time, you know, that there's interceptions happening and Tyreek's in the area. And it's just I, I could see him getting mad at Tua. Tua's going to shell up. They're going to be bad. So I'm, I'm just completely off Tua. Before you go, Cody, Andrew, you have to own Tua. I have to imagine at this point, because you drafted 24 hours with with Kramer, you own every player. Like, like you have to have a share of everybody, right? Like – Ah, so <laughs> my, my two X exposure is pretty low. I was drafting him earlier in, in the year, actually. And okay. then I just had the more I thought about it, the more I got off of it. Like, so absolutely not. My Tyreek Hill exposure is all from when he was still on the, the chiefs, the chiefs, you know, so I, I only gosh. have him because of having the Chiefs. It's going to be fine. They're going to work it out. Oh, it's yeah, the best yeah. arm with the fastest legs. They won't let it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw, I, uh, I saw somebody post that video the other day of, of the, the long pass that he had to Tyreek. And they're like, man, look at them being inventive, a 50-yard hook, right? You know, the, <laughs> he curled back in 50 yards down the field. I'm like, oh, I, my God, man. Two I, is just I, I said somebody, I said that to somebody exactly, and that was before that happened. I said they are going to break the record for the most curl routes ran, period. Period. I I didn't I didn't bring in the depth of it, like the 50-yard thing. But I said, like, literally, like, you're not going to trust Tua to throw over anyone. Yeah, those those comeback routes will work. It, it, that like that'll get them production, but it's not going to get them in the end zone. 
You know what I mean? Like it'll get some points on the board, but it's not going to get you impatered. So yeah, I, I'm not with it. Where, where are you at with it, Cody? Uh, I'm right with both of you guys. I, I mean, uh, does Tyreek get some snaps at running back just to get the ball in his hands because they can't trust Tua yep. to get it to him? I, I don't. I'm totally out on Tua. I have shares in best Paul because I have shares of everybody. But uh, yeah, I, I have no like all those guys you you rattled off: Trevor Lawrence, Jameis Winston, Kirk Cousins. I take those guys day in and day out over Tua. Not interested at all. Waddle, you made a good point for where Waddle's going. Uh, I think we've seen enough from him that that I would take him. But with Hill going as high as he can or as high as he is, no. And there's just – Mahomes could lay that ball into him so nicely six yards down the field. Tua can't do it with those ducks he throws. And it's not going to be pretty for them. And, yeah, I'm totally out on Tua as well. What is with the whole thing with the most accurate ball thrown? Like oh. even Mike, Mc, Mike McDaniel got dragged into that in some interview, and he was still like – going with it like he's like leaning into the whole narrative i'm just like why aren't you guys just be like you know that's silly stuff that's for your clicks and you know whatever like because that's really all it is like what do you mean he throws the most accurate ball like get, get the hell out of here when it comes out of his his hand he throws left-handed by the way if you didn't know like it just looks so accurate it's like it's magic. like when your kid like, draws the picture and it's like really fucked up and you're like oh my god that's the best picture i've ever seen in my life like we're just trying on there yeah, you're just trying to make them feel better about it, and it's great because they're your kid. But you know, it, in reality, it's not good. <laughs> well, I think I know the answer to this question, and it's it's going back to Hill and Waddle. It's can Hill finish as a wide receiver one, and can Waddle finish as a wide receiver two or better? It seems like we're going to be agreeing that Waddle will, and that Hill won't. I'm in that same uh, boat with Waddle because I feel like. Waddle played so well as a rookie and him and Tua really did develop a, a rapport where Waddle didn't have to be that deep threat. And I don't think that he has to continue to be that with now Tyreek Hill on the team. And you still have some other guys there to shield him like uh, Gisecki and obviously all the running backs. We'll get to them here in a second. But I just feel like like his average depth of target and the way that he's going to be used in the, the offense is going to be far more friendly than what Tyreek Hill is going to be because he's going to be that deep guy. Yeah, he's going to have to run 50-yard curl routes. Like, that's going to you know be his M.O., whereas Waddle, I feel like, is going to be that guy that's more inside the 15, more inside the 20, and a more comfortable place for, you know, to his A dot, his average depth of target. So I think that he will finish a wide receiver, too. Uh, what do you guys think about him and then Hill at their per potential perspective finishes? I think Definitely we already like, made the, yeah, go ahead. I think we already made the case against Hill. We're all <laughs> we're all we're all out on him and uh Waddle I am in on because I think that he is more comfortable with them. It's not gonna be where he has to just lob the ball up and keep throwing interceptions. He's gonna feel more comfortable. You're starting to read some stuff about Gasecki. He's not very happy. They're trying to use him more in blocking than than in the passing game. So I, I was pretty high on him last year. I'm pretty out on him this year now because I, I don't think we're going to see much from Gasecki. The running backs, I like Edmonds, but the rest of that room is kind of a question. You don't know what you're going to get from them. I think this Dolphins team is going to be pretty bad, to be honest. And uh, I there's just so much going on there, and I don't think two is the answer. And I think that's going to re be reflected in Hill. I think Waddle is kind of being left a little behind because Hill is there, but I think that's going to be the safety blanket for Tua. And so he's still going to get his catches. He's still going to get his production and be a solid fantasy receiver. 
Completely agree. Um, again, I am not <laughs> drafting Hill where he's going, and I, no pun intended, will die on that hill. I am not going to be drafting him anywhere near where he's going. I will take Waddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, peace to him. Deuces. Deuces. Yeah. Uh, I will take Waddle though, especially in PPR. Again, you know, Cody laid out the the, the perfect scenario there. You know, his his average depth of target is going to be low. He already showed that him and Tua have a connection. Hill's the the new guy in the flashy sports car. But I mean, again, like if you can't drive the sports car, it's not going to do anything for you. And Tua most certainly cannot drive this. So I, I I'll stay away. I'll draft Waddle every now and again. I'm not targeting him because there's again there's guys that go around him that I prefer. Uh, but right. if he's there, you know, if he falls to me and he falls a little bit in ADP, I'll, I'll take him in PPR. So, so I guess we'll see. But it's, uh, yeah, Hill is a big, big, big no go for me. I thought I had him pretty high. Um, so me and Emerson both have him at 22. Bo McBriar's got Waddle at 12. We got to get him on here and, and have a discussion. Number wow. 12. Where, where does where he, does have, he Hill? have Hill? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> at eight. Wow. Whoa. He's dre- He's drafting Hill higher than he was with, oh was my with, the, gosh, Chargers, so with the Chiefs. I was about so to say what Chargers. he has, he has two as like the what fifth or sixth uh, quarterback there at that point. <laughs> no, we're not gonna we're not gonna drag him down like that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, someone has him at seventeen. That's Heilman. That's not terrible, I guess. But I have him at twenty two. I was thinking I had him the highest because a lot of people have him like somewhere between like twenty six and twenty eight or so. It's so like kind of or twenty five and twenty eight somewhere in that range. Man, people are getting a little bit higher on him. Maybe they're starting to kind of pick up on the narratives that we're discussing here. Because, um, yeah, I, I have Hill, I think, at 14, and I still think that's kind of high. Um, wow, I'm the lowest on Hill of this group, actually. So he's as high as 7th, and he's as low as 14, and I'm the lowest on him. And I still feel like that's kind of high because I just feel like there's going to be some really low weeks. Even when Hill was with the Chiefs, like, there would be duds. There would be first halves with, like, no production, and you're just sitting there like, the stat tracker broken? Like, what's what's happening with the Chiefs game? Why can't I watch it? They haven't been on red zone in a while. Where's Tyreek Hill? He, he can be ghosted some weeks. And I feel like that type of bust potential is going to be that much higher with the Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa at his, at his side. So uh, uh, definitely a situation I like to buy in for next year. Would love to get, like, Tyreek Hill at the – maybe, like, the middle of this year as long as everything's playing out right and I can get him at a more affordable cost. He would be someone that I would want for next year in Dynasty because they will upgrade at quarterback. They have everything they need, at least a respectable enough defense to make the playoff run. All of the pieces on offense, that much and more. So it's definitely going to be a quarterback's dream home come next year. I, I As soon as he got traded in, in the Dynasty League, I had him in. Um, I traded Hill and Khalil Herbert for Stefan Diggs and Ramondre Stevenson. So, nice. That's yeah, a yeah, steal. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's a steal. Uh, I, I just, I, I can't. I just can't keep Hill. And, and if I could turn Hill into Diggs, I mean, I, I would have did that straight up, but. Yeah, that, that person just had to be really low on the, the Patriots' backfield. You know, the, the type of people are just like, oh, I can't have a single one. I guess I'm like that with some teams. But, you know, like there's like there's always those narratives out there. Cody, you kind of mentioned earlier, like, oh, Tom Brady's so old. What can he do? Like some of that stuff is just like really silly. And, you know, just people that don't have the fine scope of football, right? Um, yeah. I traded Mike Gusecki in a first for George Kittle. And that's, that's feeling really good right now. Yeah, I also yeah. had acquired the first in another trade. So it wasn't like my only first, you know, so I, right. I was feeling pretty good about that one. Um, and that yeah, was like I, in a 20, I, 20 team league. I had Hill in a dynasty. And as soon as he was traded, I started shopping him and got somebody that mm. believed in Tua, And I was like, please fucking yeah. take him from me. I do not want him. So <laughs> I love it. I love yep. it. That's fantastic. 
All right. My last question was, uh, should we roster any of their tight ends? But we, we can just skip through that. I think that's a pretty big yeah. fat no. No. Yeah. Pretty easy one. All right. The Jets. And then we're going to head out here. Are you guys drafting Zach Wilson in any redraft formats? No best ball included. It's a big no for me. Yeah. I'm going to go with no. I He's going to be out a couple weeks with an injury. What's he going to look like when he comes back? What's right. does Joe Flacco end up playing decent and they just want to kind of protect him longer? Does Mike White end up coming in and throwing 18 touchdowns again? I, That's it. I'm not, I'm not interested. And really, that Jets offense, they've got some decent rookie pieces that maybe, but now you're starting to see questions with Brees Hall. Is Michael Carter might still be the starter? You know, Wilson should be decent. Moore looked all right last year, but don't really have any veteran presence for the most part. I'm pretty out on the Jets just in general. And Zach Wilson, mm. at this point, especially with him missing time and the uncertainty of when he might come back, how he might be when he comes back, no thanks, I'll pass. For me, it's depending on how many rounds this redraft is. If it's like, you know, I'm in one that's like 20 or, or 21 rounds, like I'll take the MILF Hunter then. Um, I, I do think that he is, uh, I think he can play, you know, like he showed last year. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, not, he's, he's a dog. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's a dog in heat. Yeah, uh, he can play yeah. something. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't set out to draft him, but honestly, if, if other people are leaving him there and he's late enough, I'll take him as my quarterback too, especially if I have mm. a top tier one that I don't really care if my second one pans out or not, you know, if I'm mm -hmm. drafting, Russ or Lamar or Mahomes, Herbert, any of those guys, and I want to take a second one real late and Wilson's sitting there, I'll take the stab and let him sit on the bench for a little bit, let him come back, see what happens. But I, he's not somebody I'm targeting. Again, I, the, really the only guy on the Jets I truly like is Elijah Moore, um, and I do like him mm -hmm. a lot, actually. I, I feel like he can have a pretty big target share. But Zach Wilson, um, I, you know, he's... He's not a bad quarterback, but I don't think the team would rally around him either. So he's kind of a you know middle of the pack guy for me. I, I did think it was interesting though. I think it was Garrett Wilson uh, was had a press conference about a week or so ago and said that Joe Flacco throws a friendlier ball than Zach Wilson does. So you know, again, is the team getting a behind him because they know he's going to have to play a little bit and they want to make Joe right. Flacco feel like he's not just this old bum who's filling in for Zach Wilson? They call but, him dad, like yeah, ex exactly, <laughs> like like. like and not like shut up, Dad. <laughs> you know what I mean, like they don't even yeah. they don't even give him old man. Like, no, you're our father. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to shy away from him way late in drafts, but again, right. I'm not going to just target him either. He's he's okay. The the argument that I could make for him, which isn't very good, is like, oh yeah, you could stash him on your bench, and maybe something happens. You know. Does that sound very compelling? Not very, right? So I'm I'm very much out the door. If I was in a situation where you know I was like, oh, I forgot to draft, you know, a backup quarterback in superflex, maybe I should do that. Oh, Zach Wilson's there. Uh, okay, fine. Right. But if it was like a dynasty format, I would fade him for like Desmond Ritter for Malik Willis. I would just be like, you know what? That's fine. I'll I'll just revert. Maybe I get lucky and one of these rookies gets in from you know an injury or you know bad quarterback play in front of them. So. There's there's very few windows left for me to to take him, but hey, Zach Wilson beat me in that finals last year with Mac uh, Mac Jones as well, so I'm, I'm hurting. You know what I'm also hurting from is all this damn Brees Hall news. Get it out of here! It stinks. I don't like it. What is the deal with Michael Carter? The man fumbled the ball the other day, and Robert Sala didn't even blink an eye. He didn't even blink. He's like, you know what? Go out there again. You fumbled. Nice try. Maybe you'll do better next time. It's driving me nuts. It's driving me absolute nuts. 
also I had the Giants in that game preseason. That was the one loss I took in my last 18 games of preseason. So I wasn't pretty pretty, good, very happy good about record. it. Oh, that was pretty good. That was a, it was a damn good run to finish it out. 17 and one, baby. And that yeah. damn Jets win was the only thing that drive me nuts. <laughs> Went to take the wife out to do some shopping, some fun things, some non-football related activities because that's what I'm constantly doing. And of course, they lost. But um, no, this, this Brees Hall news is just really disappointing. And I guess I kind of see it other than the practice tape, other than the training camp tape. It's pretty meh. Are you guys still trusting Brees Hall? Where are you guys at between Brees Hall, Michael Carter? I'm still drafting Brees Hall at a ceiling. I haven't really pumped the brakes. What do you guys think about this situation? Um, kind of out on Brees Hall a little bit. Uh, honestly, I drafted him earlier in the year when his ADP was even better with the thought of, you know, it's going to go up. Now that it's right. went up, I honestly, if I have to choose between the two, I'll just take Michael Carter much later. I believe that Michael Carter is a good player. We saw it last year. I don't think that he is better than Brees Hall, but I also don't think Brees Hall is like light years ahead of Michael Carter either. I think they're pretty evenly matched. So I'll definitely take the the, the value on the ADP with Michael Carter. I, I do like Brees Hall. I, I think he can be one of those guys that if you can survive your league to the end, Brees Hall could probably take the job and run with it at the end of the year. Again, the Jets are going to suck probably. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I, I reject that. They're, they're definitely going to suck. <laughs> gonna suck. Uh, and so, I mean, how many game scripts are they going to be in where they're just going to let Brees Hall, you know, pound the ball, right? So, again, I, I think there's other guys around him that go that are more appealing to me. And if I have to choose between the two, I'll take Michael Carter. I don't – I'm not going to beat you up if you want to take Brees Hall because I do think towards the end of the year he can be pretty good. But as of right now, I would much rather just take Michael Carter. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, man, I liked Brees Hall coming out, and then he went to the Jets, and it was like, oh man, this is gross. Like, first of all, a Jets <laughs> running back, you know, <laughs> and then with Michael Carter already being there, I thought Carter was decent last year. Uh, I have him in the SGPN <laughs> Dynasty League, uh, so I hope that he keeps the job. But, uh, I, man, I, I, I just been out on Hall pretty much the whole time. I mean, even in Dynasty drafts i was taking walker overhaul i like him more in his situation better and i i just i've not felt the the same call to hall that everyone else has and i've not ended up with him in any of my redraft leagues and now with this news coming out i'm not sad about that and i think i'm just gonna keep avoiding and and not getting him yeah i'm gonna have to take a few on the chin that's that's a fact man i i divvied up some assets to acquire the 101 specifically so I could take Brees Hall. I have him in three separate dynasty leagues. So yeah, it doesn't feel amazing. It doesn't feel great. And a couple of those, I have to start him. I I know there's one where I have like him or Hunter Renfro week one. I'm leaning towards Renfro right now. Um, But but that's a good situation to have. Like that that team has like Elijah Mitchell, Brees Hall, Aaron Jones, and Mixon all in the starting lineup. So like mm, that's that's good. Nice. That's good problems to have. Other yeah. ones a little more thin, <laughs> where you're just like, well, Brees, you're in, buddy. Like whatever yeah. happens, <laughs> we're living and dying with you, brother. And yeah, it, I'm getting those feelings of just like, man, he just he doesn't look ready. You know, you like you see the burst here and there, but. Yeah, I agree with you, Andrew. Like right now, Michael Carter just looks like he's more NFL ready. Like he looks like a guy that you may need to lean on. Now, in theory, light bulbs going off, Brees Hall should be a lot better because that's why they spent the draft capital on Brees Hall. I didn't know it was a a thing that could be done. But somehow last season, the Jets ran the ball less than they did the year prior, led by Adam Gase. 
didn't think it was possible. The Jets made it happen. That's what the Jets do. They make the impossible happen, right? So in my head, I'm thinking like, hey, they need a guy that can carry the ball 200, 225 times. That's Brees Hall. That looks like a good fit. And look, they just spent all this draft capital on him. It's a dire situation, but maybe just because I'm just so on the hook for him, I'm just all in. I'm just, I'm saying screw it. Uh, I have him at running back 22. Actually, that is incorrect. 18, 18. The highest he is in, in the SGPN rankings is 22. So his range goes from running back 17 to 22 across uh, six rankers. So they're pretty all right in that range. Doesn't really seem like he's been moved or shifted down tremendously. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm kind of in that boat. Like I'm not really pulling him back. Definitely not pulling him up, but I'm just kind of holding firm that he's going to be that guy because situationally, the way the roster breaks out, he feel they it feels like they need him. Like they're going to need him for red zone touches, for early down work, to potentially even protect a very bad quarterback situation like a Joe Flacco. So, like you had mentioned, like the the game narrative where he's getting used a lot. To me, it's and, and the likelihood here isn't high. Is is early turnover where they're in the lead. Um, just any game that they want to start off slow and keep the pace low, you know, really out-possess the ball. However, you can only possess the ball for so long before your defense starts giving up points. Improve defense, uh, but at the same time, like, you know, I would I would want that to be the identity of their team, that they're just going to run a lot, but it doesn't feel like it's going to be like that early on uh, because they're not going to have competent quarterback play to, to push the ball down the field. All right, last question here. Elijah Moore versus Garrett Wilson, ADP battle. I feel like we're all going to be going Elijah Moore here. The Garrett Wilson hype has kind of chattered down a bit since the since the draft. I know I'm going Elijah Moore here. I'm 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 pretty high on him. Obviously, a little bit less now with you know Wilson potentially out for a little bit. Yeah, I, I Wilson again, one of those guys. He was like my favorite guy coming out of in the, of the wide receiver group, and then he goes to the Jets, sure. and I'm like, oh man, just wind out of the sails there. It just, I that Jets situation. I think they're going to be bad. I was listening to the NFL gambling podcast today and they were walking through their schedule and they could start like 0 and 8, 0 and 11. They're going to be a a bad team. It's going to be a lot of three and outs They're You know, you can make the argument they're going to have to throw a lot because they're going to be so far behind, but they're going to be so bad that I don't know that, that they're going to be able to do much. So yeah, more I'm going to take because he's already established what we've seen. He can do it, but I'm I'm trying to avoid the Jets for the most part because it's just a big time dumpster fire over there. Yeah, I'm team more as well. I think where he's going currently at ADP, he will finish better than that. If if I'm not mistaken, he's like low 30s, I believe, as a wide receiver ranking. I think he'll finish better than that. Um, again, he's established. Cody just laid out the the, the scenario for you know for more. I I like Garrett Wilson. That's actually who I wanted the Commanders to take, and obviously that didn't happen but i i like more uh more as far as what he's done with the team already he's already mm-hmm. solidified his spot he knows what to do in the offense uh wilson coming in is going to be a little bit behind i again i do like wilson but even at the adp difference i'd rather take more this is probably one of one of the rare ones where i'll the adp gap is so different but i'll still take the first guy just because i believe in more mm-hmm. much more than than wilson at least this year uh you know ask me the same question next year and the answer might be different at that time it'll be break the bank braxton barrios that's who it'll be <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, and Braxton Berrios, they're all going to eat into each other. Don't ask me why Berrios has a role on that roster, but he does. I I started him last year in the very same league where I wound up losing to, to those rookies. Braxton Berrios and guys like Derek Gore got me there. You know what I mean? Like those starts, you know, in, in playoff matchups when you're hurting for injuries and players are out, like, yeah, give me Braxton, break the bank, Berrios. Got me to the finals, <laughs> cashed some props last year. Rain, random guy and that's just really where i'm coming at here is these roster cloggers uh i don't i guess i don't consider them roster cloggers but the back end wide receivers they're going to get on the field they're going to get touches and outside of elijah moore i just kind of see all three of those guys kind of eating out of each other's opportunities week in and week out you could see some booming opportunities for wilson but i just don't think it's sustainable across the entire season obviously of course a, a target in dynasty formats but not someone that i'm reaching on even in that format just because there's a lot of really good young wide receivers with really good prospects right now. So um, I still definitely leaning Elijah more there. All right. This was a long one and a good one. We got through two divisions in the AFC in two hours. Not too bad. Not too bad. I guess considering trying to get in four was a bit of an overcalculation, but <laughs> I shoot for the moon, gentlemen. I shoot for the oh, we moon. We just need a part two, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we'll, and we'll be here for it because you know, we got a lot of these streams left to go, fellas. We, we got every night until Labor Day. So we'll definitely be back in here mixing it up. We'll definitely talk some more AFC, some NFC. Uh, I know we got Dave Heilman on tomorrow. I think uh, Rod Villa Gomez is working up something special with uh, someone from the Yahoo crew uh, for Thursday, potentially. So that should be very fun. Again, go check out sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Smash the fantasy tab. We've got everything you need. Draft kits, cheat sheets, projections, uh, target analysis. Exactly. You can go watch. You know, if, if you really got nothing to do, you can go watch the replay of Rob and uh, Ryan Kramer doing 24 hours of best ball drafting. If you think that you've drafted every sort of best ball team, I guarantee you there's a lot left to be seen. Okay. So go follow Andrew and Cody on Twitter. Guys, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at a Rob 23. That's a R a U B two, three. You can find me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeb. Uh, also check out the NASCAR gambling podcast, F1 gambling podcast. If you're into racing, we've been having a lot of fun over there. I'm co-host on both of those with the uh, aforementioned Rod via Gomez. So definitely uh, check those out. And yeah, I got a ton of work on the SGPN network. So find it all on Twitter there. Absolutely. And you can follow me at T-I-T-T-H-J-B and follow our fantasy group at S-G-P-N Fantasy. Uh, take care, be well, be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.